This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our yearly charity live stream, Duck Stream. You can find some more information at duckfeed.tv slash duckstream. But for those who don't know, this is a 48-hour live streaming event with total chaos for the transactive gender project out of Lewis and Clark College here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's a great cause. You should tune in. It is the weekend of the 16th, 17th, and 18th. If you cannot donate, please tune in, signal boost, tell people about it. Uh, it is a great time. It is a great cause. We really appreciate everybody who tunes in. So uh, mark your calendars. It's going to be Duckstream 2022, and that's going to be the weekend of the 16th, 17th, and 18th. Go to www.duckfeed.tv slash duckstream. Thank you. Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about the first portion of Torment Tides of Numenera, which is a CRPG, WRPG, you know the deal, uh, developed by NXile Entertainment and published by Techland for the PC in 2017. The Numenera? What did, I thought this was Watch Out for Fireballs, not Bonfireside Chat. <laughs> uh or the unnamed ah! third show that we do about seinfeld but never publish oh man i uh i don't i got off twitter so uh, now yeah, when i have intrusive thoughts i can't do anything that, um, <laughs> that's, that's one of the big reasons why i'm just like no this needs to go somewhere in in uh in my head uh i was walking around the other day and i thought uh jerry is the leader of seinfeld <laughs> like it just made me laugh like you know every team's got a leader (laughs) this one is jerry Um, uh, the other intrusive thought i had that i have nowhere to put Uh is uh we're we're off the rails real quick here but i walked around the house for like a frankly alarming like wellness check amount of time okay uh, going aluminium aluminium (laughs) aluminium (laughs) aluminium Aluminium. Ah! Aluminium. Uh, <laughs> just there's like really nothing to it. Just going crazy at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just you're just enjoying the musicality of language. There are words. It's, you're, you're, it's the DTs you, from leaving Twitter. <laughs> the delirium quitters. Like I, I just I, it's, it's it's backing up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my body's getting used to all this stuff. I'm flushing out toxins. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Uh yeah. this is the beginning of our winter WRPG month. Yes. It's an it's a twofer. Uh we've done a twofer before, but never quite like this, baby. Oh yeah. Um 
we're doing two games uh, this time that are short for the genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so uh, less than you know the the forty hours each. So we're we're not spending more than our twenty hours a week, which we like to do just playing <laughs> video games, right? Um, and two two interesting games, uh, both of which are things that have been on the list for a while, mm-hmm. um, and both of which are interesting because i think uh we accidentally kind of made a theme month of uh justifying yourself in the shadow of something yes you know uh this game which uh you know i, I ended up beating uh tides of numenera i don't like recording before i beat in a game mm-hmm. um you know so i ended up beating it yesterday i kind of fucked myself to to chug it um and the uh this game which i think is like a good interesting mess that is mm-hmm. not a very good torment game Right. Uh, and then Hong Kong, which is a really, really, really great game that just happens to have the misfortune of coming after Dragonfall. That's the thing, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is this is a game that uh, I think doesn't get talked about a whole lot. And in part because of gamers' tendency to let the perfect be the enemy of the good. True. Um, you know, if you compare this to Torment, it's never going to get there. Right. Um, you know, it's not. Uh, it's it's not as as sound on its own merits it's really cool mm-hmm. um yeah so, yeah yeah so yeah. you just have to convince yourself not to walk around the entirety of sega's glyphs you know carrying a you know a, a measuring stick that it, and holding it up to everything like is this torment cool or is just is this just cool even when the game is constantly doing it yes. like the game <laughs> the game does no favors in that respect by constantly name checking and referencing mm-hmm. uh torment in a way that can feel a little sweaty sometimes yeah. um and maybe it would be better served by giving that stuff up and just being yeah. its own thing mm-hmm. um yeah there's complicated yeah. issues there because we don't know if it would have got funded if that were the case sure uh, um, regardless of which, uh, the, the basic premise of this game, you play as a character called the Last Castoff. Um, you're a body that was used to hold the spirit of this being called the Changing God um, before he cast you off to go make another body. Uh, he mm-hmm. basically hermit crabs into people he's created, and then when he leaves, those people are people. Yes, they are people. They didn't exist before he created them, and then they're just kind of set loose in the world with a whole bunch of powers and stuff. Yeah, some godishness. Yeah. Like yeah. they're they're not gods, but they have superpowers. They're X Men. The, yeah, they're 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 tapped into the tides, which is basically the force. Uh, yes. kind of kind of thing. Yeah, the tides plus you know the force plus alignment. Right, right. Uh, and you're awake in this brand new world. You have no idea where you came from, um, what you did. There are people who remember you, but obviously you don't remember them. Um, mm-hmm. and you know you basically fall like from Diamond the sky. Jim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the definition of fame. Bonjour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bonjour. <laughs> I just Bonjour, walked around. Cast off. <laughs> that, that, that's my intrusive thought. I walk around the house and see the cat. Bonjour. Bon- bonjour. Bonjour. Greta. Bonjour. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> uh, but you, uh, you, you, you land uh, as a falling star from the sky near this place called Sega's Cliffs. Um, and, uh, you gotta go on your quest, uh, to get the answers that you need, uh, basically yes. to go, to, to go after your deadbeat dad, who was also you for a minute. Yeah. It's, it's a dad game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, um, <laughs> torment, uh, so this takes place in a, in a world and campaign setting called Numenera. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Numenera rule, rule set. Uh, these were created by Monty Cook. Uh, Monty Cook had a hand in making Planescape. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of a connection there. Yeah. Um, it is a, you know, really great, like hall of extraordinary settings 
Yes. Um, it's a really great setting. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea here is that this is like a billion years in the future in this place called the Ninth World, where between our world and there, uh, seven great civilizations have risen and fallen and each of them had their own technology and culture and such, but we're all cut off from it. Mm -hmm. So the world is just absolutely littered with bits of technology that are indistinguishable from magic and everyone just kind of vibes with it. Like everyone's just like, yeah, man, you might find a thing on the ground and it does, you know, it teleports your stomach through time into the future where it's already full. Yep. Uh, So you never get to eat again, but you always feel full. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's just, you know, you had no idea. You just pressed a button and yep. this is the chaotic nightmare life we all live in and we're all cool with it. Yes. And it is the foundation, the foundation of all power uh, from government yes. up to gods. You know, everybody is kind of walking around playing with and ruining each other's lives with the cast off toys of people who are not here to explain uh, why that's a bad idea. Yes. And it, it sounded that I, I was talking about it being a nightmare. The world is a lot like goofier and faster, looser with this stuff. It's, people do tend actually, to survive. It's a really stuff. bright kind of setting, like not just yes. like in the visual design element kind of thing, but like there in is tone. a, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, and, and we're making it sound like it is purely sci-fi. It is wrapped around again to where it is like pseudo medieval. Uh, yes. is, 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 is kind of the deal. It's it's just a real hodgepodge of a whole bunch of different stuff. And you can just kind of see the possibilities that are created for this for a DM or whatever they call it uh, in their in their rule book in their setting uh, yeah. i hate how every different system has a different it, a different it, name for dm <laughs> well it, do, it does make sense that they're not called dungeon masters i know uh, in but, like vampire but i think they should just be game masters and everything yes yeah um, game, game moderators or something like that I'm the but keeper. yeah i'm the storyteller yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it's a it's it's making a setting where anything is possible and anything mm-hmm. is narratively justified yeah uh which is i to me is a noble goal Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like it does it without giving anything up or hand waving yeah. very much. Uh, and it feels consistent and of a piece. It's a consistent tone, uh, mm-hmm. and a consistent feeling world. Yes. Um, they, they, you know, a plus mm-hmm. in, in that regard, it's a cool way. You know, you, it feels like they set out to create something similar to, to sigil, you yes. know, in Planescape, which accomplished similar things just by having planes, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, access to all these different planes here. They just, instead of going through space, they did it through time, mm-hmm. uh, which is another way to get uh, alien aeons, you know, to get, to get totally alien yeah. setups. Uh, time works like space. Yes. And it can get, uh, you know, as big or as small as you want it to. This can be yes. like psychedelic and cosmological if you want to, or it can be, you know, as you kind of did day to day, you know, small, yep. low, lower stakes kind of thing. It's really just at the discretion of whoever is writing the story uh, for the mm-hmm. players to participate in. Um, yeah. To, you know, to, yeah. to just kind of set up those boundaries and guide them. Uh, there's, I mean, there's, ter- there's terminology that is, uh, that is specific to this, like, you know, in the setting, something that needs to be clarified. Numenera is just the name for old, o- old machinery. <laughs> yeah you know it's like any 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 piece it can be like from a from a building to like a you know uh something that was like a hand grenade nano machines up to i don't know maybe there are like whole artificial planets that they made i got no you, idea you find a magical pez dispenser yes later that's that's sentient like it's explicitly <laughs> a pez dispenser like it can, it can be can be anything 
you you caught on something that is a, just a, a minor note that I think is worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're called Numenera. Uh, a thing that is a, a minor annoyance to me in this game is that everything has a different cute name. Yep. Um, every single thing. Yeah. Uh, and this uh, has, to me, a fatiguing effect uh, in this game yeah. that I don't always feel in, in every other game. And I would expand that to the pros. Like, that's something I want to talk about later. Um, the pros in this game is generally very good. Um, it feels to me more overwhelming than similarly reedy games. Yeah. A lot of what you're getting is descriptions of devices and yes. like, in, you know, sometimes it's to a purpose. Like imagine if you're at a table and the DM said, all right, it is a spherical object that has kind of a metal frame um around like the two uh the two hemispheres right and one of them is glowing purple like you would get that distinction and then like you as the player need to work out how far am i willing to go to experiment with this thing right okay so can i press the frame you know can i press the glowing part stuff like that here it's a bunch of text (laughs) that is not very well separated from the character describing stuff so a, a a a large amount of the like column inches of this game are dedicated to what stands before you as a strange box on this box there are little activators where yeah. you can place a one, hand. one has a picture of little wave wave beams one has a triangle on it yeah and the other one has a frowny face <laughs> you know which, which one do you press and then uh this is also not a huge deal in the the grand scheme of things but i have to it affected me like pretty hard and i didn't really notice it the first time mm-hmm. uh here's the thing if you are writing a, a game um and you're going to introduce a series of alien objects mm-hmm. every single alien object doesn't need an option for examine it more closely <laughs> yep. that just rephrases what you just read <laughs> <laughs> I, that drove me fucking nuts because I, I kept expecting there to be something useful hidden there. Yeah. You know, and it, it just never was. And I already looked at it. That's why I clicked on it. You know, like I, I don't need to look at it, but more so yeah. uh, in here. And, and it's, I'm not exaggerating when I say everything has that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is always an option for look at it a little bit more that either contains information that should have been in the initial description or omitted entirely. Yeah. And uh it it contributes to this fatiguing effect. I, I really like this game. I like it more the second time around, taking it on in its own terms. Uh-huh. And not expecting, you know, this this long awaited, you know, follow up to one of my all time favorites. Uh it's just there is a fatigue sense yeah. to it. And, I mean, and a, that's a big part of it. It's a game where most of what you do is reading, and so it feels worth talking about some of the biggest snags that you hit. When you're yeah. engaging with the main thing that it is that it is asking you to do, there's a there's a concept in um, film and television called set sharpening. Okay, okay. so uh, picture like a kitchen counter, somebody's actual kitchen oh, counter. It's, it's got too much shit on it, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, there's still too too much shit on it. On on film, like on screen, that would be distracting. You know, yes. like just, okay, so like that is way too sharp. There are too many objects there. There is too much detail. And so you end up looking at the, you know, the the background, like a, a kitchen in a television show doesn't look like a real person's kitchen because they've, yeah. they've desharpened it. It's supposed to be out of focus. They have removed de- detail. A lot of this, uh, especially the stuff that is not character focused because the character stuff is great. Like the broad concepts are great, but like when mm-hmm. it comes down to description needs to be like way unsharpened. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, 
that and, and another type of and and form of just like edited down. Yeah. You know, like just just needs less words. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there, there was a essay that went around because uh, this is kind of a companion game to Pillars of Eternity. Yes, and that came out about uh, I think it was Tom Francis wrote a thing about just how many fucking words <laughs> are in Pillars of Eternity. And I like yeah. Pillars of Eternity, and I like reading in games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have too many words, and that is that is a blunt way of saying all these other things we're saying, like yes. the fact that the focus is incorrect or that there's too much repetition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the prose is a little bit too purple. Um, you know, there are games with tons of words where I do not feel nearly as fatigued. Yeah. Uh, I will admit, like, I I get to the skim zone in this game. Yes. You know, where, like, I'm skimming uh, mm-hmm. because it's like, how many fucking devices can I read about? Yeah. You know, uh, and, and it turns out the number is like a hundred, but this game <laughs> contains a thousand. <laughs> like. It's 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 about the same as the the, the number of people that you can know well. Yes. Like when it when a top when it crests one hundred fifty, then it starts becoming oh you can't yeah. build you can't have a society like that. Come on, yeah. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna skim this person. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 worth talking about that. Yeah. It, it's uh that is the major mechanic of the game is reading. The other mechanic is where the tabletop rules, uh, reading and dialogue, um, mm-hmm. where the tabletop rules uh, come in and. Something that I think one of the the few pure advantages this has over Torment mm-hmm. is that this has a mechanic system that supports doing things other than combat. Yes. Um, which Torment did not have. It was just in second edition D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, this has a very versatile rule system for a tabletop uh, that <clears throat> integrates non-combat actions yeah. um, very well. Like you can com- you can do combat in this mm-hmm. game. There are an elegant in elegancies in how uh in elegances in how combat is tied into this. Yeah. However, uh you can also, you know, people who are like, oh, just you know, play torment but skip the fights or cheat through them. Mm-hmm. You can get through this game with like doing like five fights. Yeah. You know, like you you very rarely have to fight mm-hmm. in in Tides of Numenera. Um, yeah. and that is either, it's not just the immersive sim, like you talk your way out of it. Like you can get in a situation and sneak around and go fiddle with some buttons yeah. or just sneak past enemies or do things mm-hmm. in the combat engine. Yeah. Um, I think that's really neat. Uh, and I, I think that it's not executed perfectly, but mm-hmm. it's a cool idea. Yeah. Um, and it, it fits what the game is trying to do a little bit better than the rule set did for torment. I mean, what happens there is like is giving you so many more dials to affect where, where your character choices affect your um, like ability to exert yourself on the world, you know. Mm-hmm. So it is not just like okay, I'm modifying to my my two hit percentage when I specifically swing this or you know release this arrow or whatever. Like it is giving you you know a chance to put stats into something that will be tested against any number of things. It's not just accuracy. You yeah, it's like uh, like everything has a difficulty attached to it and you have ways to, you know, mitigate that and improve your chances. And that th- that test is replicable using the same, you know, the same very basic set of rules. Yes, uh, th- there are a couple of situations that are combat possible that happen mm-hmm. in the combat engine of this, like they call them crises or crises uh, that I'm really impressed by. Yeah, that happened this where like it allows for it, but you can also turn other knobs. The inelegance that goes along with this is that it's still a video game and video games have certain requirements, uh, typically. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of weird chaff. Um, yeah. a lot of the reward structure and build structure of the game 
is built towards combat. Right. Uh, you, you know, I, I beat this game yesterday. I ended the the game with uh, an inventory absolutely full of cool ass shit. I'd never got a chance to use. Right. Um, that I worked for that were the extrinsic rewards for doing quests and everything. And mm-hmm. then I talked my way through the end boss. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is cool. It's, I would rather be able to do that than not. Uh huh. It just, that tension is real. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, between like, we need video games want combat. And the reason why they want combat is because they want statistics. And the reason they want statistics is because that's, uh, character customization and a reason to go do quests and explore and find shit, you know, find stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And this game tries to bridge that gap by making the stuff you find also influence your talking, also influence your sneaking and stuff. But a lot of it does damage or adds armor. (laughs) Possible to add damage or, you know, uh, uh, bypasses a certain kind of defense, you know, uh, kind of playing into a rock, paper, scissors, a rock, paper, scissors, sisters, uh, sisters, rock, rock, paper, paper, sisters. sisters. Ooh, the rock, paper, scisters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Just a a rough and tumble gang down at the local tracks. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like doing this this kind of elemental resistances. And of course, it's not elements because mm-hmm. everything has a different name in, in Tides of Numenera. So it's like right. chemical, relativistic, you know, mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. 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 Uh, something that I think is important about this is that this is not a game where you grind. Um, or grinding is not really even possible. There are not, mm. um, there are not no enemies uh, respawn. Th- th- things to kill on demand, right? Experience yes. is rewarded primarily for um, completing quests game has a ton of side quests we're going to talk about as many of them as we can or at least Mm -hmm. as i found you know um Mm -hmm. but uh and you get like small rewards if you discover you know like a neat fact or whatever uh but uh you know this is not a game where you're going to be you know it's not a war game right yeah Uh, and that's good i love being mechanically rewarded for exploration and story being you know doing the story um however it being a video game you do have these builds and stuff Uh, Your characters in this game are defined by three different categories. You have a type, a descriptor, and a focus. Uh, Mm -hmm. All three of those things mean the same thing. Yep. Basically. (laughs) Uh, Just, again, words in this fucking game. Uh, The type is your class. Uh, This is fighter, thief, wizard. But Mm -hmm. instead, they call them uh, glaives, which are your fighters. They're melee fighters. Nanos, which are wizards and priests. Uh, They use technology because that's what is used in this the setting mm-hmm. uh, but that's why they're called nanos and then jacks are kind of an all-rounder but they have that's where the rogue skills go as well yes yeah uh a lot of what we're describing is also present in the tabletop game i just went and yes. read the core book for this as well mm-hmm. uh it's just the game this game presents you like very you know limited options so those types there are other types that you can do in the tabletop game they they, they bring it down to three uh in yeah. this yeah uh numenera is a big game for like additional source books you know like describing all their continents or you know different kind of stuff there's like there's a source book that is just related to tides it's kind of like oh here's the source book for stuff that's included in the game yeah none of the stuff in this game is stuff from uh you know and none of the narrative stuff the setting and character Mm -hmm. things are from the tabletop game which is interesting it takes place in the setting and with the system but they made basically uh, a game for this and then made a source book out of it is yes. kind of a reverse of what they did with Planescape. Yeah. Uh, uh, so type is your kind of broadest, uh, you know, class. Like it's the it's it's the big box. Uh, you get a descriptor, 
uh, which is an adjective that describes your character and gives you some subclass definition. Uh, this mm-hmm. is this is more like just like what, what stats you emphasize or what skill. So like charming, clever, rugged. There 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 are like a bunch of these, and all of these have these uh, kind of defined skill and attribute uh, ramifications. So like this, you know, if you choose to be like. I don't know, uh, nimble or whatever, then the ability to smash, you're not going to be able to train in that because yes. you know, you're, you're more about uh, using your quick fingers to like get into stuff as opposed to, you know, breaking it open with Smashing a big rock. versus fingering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody yeah. knows you can only do one. <laughs> yeah, you have to choose. Um, the Yeah, uh, the it, it's there is a risk reward here. We're going to talk about how your party uh, mitigates this and how effort mitigates this, mm-hmm. you know, in a minute, but the, uh, so you're not cut off from doing any things. It's just, you're better at some things or worse than others. Yes. Um, focus is your character's kind of broad mission, uh, here, um, which, uh, provides these kind of benefits as you level up. So, uh, speaks with a silver tongue, breathes shadow or masters defense. Yeah. Um, again, that's, you know, charm, stealth fighting, right? Yeah. Like they have cutesy names. But they're 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 those things, yeah. Um, and there are more of these in the tabletop version as well. You can also mm-hmm. make your own. Um, they had to limit it and kind of codify rules. Yes, because yeah. computer. Yep, and notice all game. of those all, all of those uh, are you know uh, combat. Uh, I yes. mean, aside from silver silver tongue, which is just broadly tries to get out of doing combat, <laughs> neither smashing nor fingering. It's <laughs> <laughs> tonguing. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. um yeah but it's getting out of combat and convincing people to do stuff which is again is viable uh this game you can get out of more it it fulfills the contract or whatever unlike something like bloodlines right yeah um each skill uh is really simplified so instead of having this huge gradient uh it's either untrained uh trained or like mastered specialized or something specialized and then you can also have like negative uh but Mm -hmm. that's rare you know, yeah. um, if it's, uh, when it's negative, it's, it's untrainable rather. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you, it can't be negative, but you just can't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, you're never going to be good at smashing your, your finger boy. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of this, you, it is simplified your stats. Uh, these are stat pools, might speed and intellect, a uh, very mm-hmm. surprising, give them goofy names. Mm-hmm. Um, you add to these as you level up. And similar to Torment, uh, one of the things that borrows successfully is being really fast and loose with giving you upgrades on these. Oh, yeah. Um, as something that just feels good. Like, I explored this this weird device. It made me smarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to get a permanent stat up. A permanent stat up feels amazing in oh, a yeah. CRPG. Uh, it's like the one of those high-value rewards you can get, and this game is, mm-hmm. is liberal with them. Oh, yeah. It's handing them out like candy at a parade. Yep. Uh you get to these pools when you level up uh, and level ups in this game are also a little bit complicated. Uh, you have yeah. tiers. So each level you choose one of four or five benefits. Once you've chosen all, and you can't choose the same benefit more than once in a row mm-hmm. until you've chosen all of them. And then you go up to the next tier, get a couple of specialized benefits and then get your smorgasbord of options back again. Right. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, as far as levels go, I think there are only like six tiers is what you can go up to yes. as, you know, uh, in this game. And also, I think in the tabletop, there might be an, an epic levels book. Uh, I'm unsure. But uh, uh, but yeah, okay. while we're talking about leveling, there's an interesting thing about this game. Uh, this subverts an, a video a level curve that happens yes. in these things. It always takes the same amount of experience to level up. 
in, mm-hmm. in the thing. But as you continue through the game, even though you're not fighting tougher monsters and stuff, you are doing more important quests that give you more XP. So levels come faster, not slower. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as you go. Um, I am unsure of how I feel about that. I, it didn't affect it too much, you know, for me one way or another. I just noticed it as an interesting thing. Uh, yeah. and as a version, um, I'm glad it didn't like super slow down cause it's fun mm-hmm. to get new toys, but it, it's, it's a weird and very intentional choice. Right. Uh, in the game. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm fine getting treats, especially in a game that is kind of as short as this and, yes. and a game that is paced like this, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about tests. Yeah, we get tests. We uh, have our, our our good friend, the D20, although a lot mm-hmm. of this uh, math and the randomization is kind of obscured from you. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that you do in the game that, that is not just effortless, like, oh, I'm going to walk across this flat floor, uh, involves uh, a test. Uh, and each of these things has a difficulty uh, rating uh, kind of attached to it. Uh, that uh, uh, you can ameliorate in a bunch of different ways. Yes. Uh, So generally, um, you know, a task will fall into one of those three categories, a might, speed, or intellect test. The way it's presented in the video game is you have a percentage uh, chance of completing it just straight. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is based on skills and stuff. To get better chances at this, you apply effort. Um, effort is spending your stat pools. So let's say you have six might, um, before you rest again, or you take a early in the game, kind of rare healing item to get your might Mm -hmm. back. You spend three points of might to get a better chance at succeeding on on this skill. You might naturally have a 30% chance of doing it. You spend three might and now you have a 60% chance or what have you, right? Yes. Uh, you just, you, you make it easier there mm-hmm. uh then there's also something called edge which gives you a discount uh it automatically like spends some for you mm-hmm. it's freebies yeah. um so like if you have an edge in might you always act as if you spent one effort without ever actually having to spend the the resource yeah there's also a maximum effort uh which is one of the things that you uh that you level up uh when you yes. go uh, and anytime you take an edge or uh take a uh you know a maximum level up possibility uh that is assigned to one particular stat pool uh the way parties are put together you know you're gonna want one of one of everybody well one of each stat basically uh to pull from yeah uh, as well at least you know, one you specialist know. yeah yeah your, your your companions uh in a lot of the game in addition to being like narratively value, sometimes narratively valuable can end up being kind of stat pools or like yeah. just walking pools of of resources uh-huh. of effort you can dump into things, um, at yeah. least in the early game. Yeah. You know. um, I love making this a resource that you spend, you know, because it yeah, yeah. does, you know, it, like, it, you know, it, it, it does kind of make it into a little bit of an inter- interesting gamble, you know, is is 90 percent good enough. You know, some yeah. tests you can fail and come back again, uh, you know, kind of similar to Disco Elysium in that regard. But in order to retry something, you have to spend you have to spend a, a stat. You have to. There's a tax. You know, yeah. There, you know, there, there's a tax to kind of like take a re-roll at something. Right. Yes. Uh, I think the system is great uh, yeah. as well. I think that it is. So one of the things that's a loading screen tip in the game is it's like, don't don't sweat succeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, failing is more interesting oftentimes. I think the game like half keeps this promise. Yes. Uh, 
and it kind of drops off uh, the system and that. Like eventually you end up with so between you and your party, you end up with so many stats and you can spend so much effort that you can brute force anything without consequence. Right. Um, When that happens, you get to that point. And for me, it happened about halfway through uh, the bloom, which is the the second major hub area of two. Like it's a short Mm -hmm. game. You know, which is why we're doing two of them this month. Um, I just didn't need to worry about this. Mm -hmm. Once this becomes a non-system, similar to that tension with having a inventory full of cool doodads I couldn't use, Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of the spark out of leveling up and getting XP. Right. Uh, Because I was effectively just doing a choose your own adventure at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, That's okay. It, It does. It goes a distance towards bridging that gap. Yeah. You know, but I think like playing it the second time for me really hammered home how it doesn't quite get there. Like mm-hmm. I, I love it. I appreciate how it does it. I could see it being very fun in a tabletop scenario where you maybe don't level up as much. Mm-hmm. So you are continuously being like, man, you know, I can spend all my effort and only get a 60, you know, 5% chance. Yeah. Like, is this worth it? Like, is that, is that, do I want to roll these dice? I really have to think about the consequences and you have a DM there who's going to explain the consequences, which by necessity, if they're a good DM will be interesting and move the story forward. Yeah. That can't be true necessarily in a video game or at least not true all the time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. One thing that they're trying to communicate when they say that as well is that because this is a follow-up to Planescape Torment, your main character, uh, if you die, you do not actually die. Yes. Yeah, uh, and you can die as a result of something that you do in the world, or you know, in combat. If, if your guy ends up ends up being being killed, you just have kind of a mental realm that you that that, that you go to. Uh, so I think a little bit of what they're trying to say is that success in combat is also not necessary. Um, I've not actually seen that because I have succeeded easily in every combat. The, the, uh, the, the, the combat's the, not that super tried. Yeah, that's in, the, the thing. in this game. And again, there's not very much of it, which is the correct thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the correct move for this. Yeah. Um, it's again, it, it's, it's not damning. You know, mm-hmm. I appreciate the efforts that are being made. Yes. In this regard. Yeah. Just so it's about balance thing more than anything, I think. And it really sings in the beginning of the game. Like mm-hmm. the beginning of the game, it's really hard to get this stuff back. So spending a point or two of effort or getting a point of edge really matters or getting a companion who is really good at something you lack because, Mm -hmm. uh, getting the items that refill this, they're pretty rare. Money Mm -hmm. is really tight. Sleeping is expensive. Yeah. Um, sleeping advances time sensitive quests in this Mm -hmm. game, uh, which I actually like. I I imagine that probably destroys some gamers, (laughs) some graphics, you know, long rest, long rest, long rest. Yeah. The the long rest will fuck you in this, Uh, Uh but but it kind of burns away. Like Mm -hmm. it's mostly in, in Saga's cliffs that that happens. Um, once you get out of that, that's no longer such a thing early Mm -hmm. on though. It really works. Yes. Um, it's really cool. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you, 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 you expend that, um, and you drain your stat pools and uh, you just kind of have to decide you know, how early I am. When is my next rest? Can I get back to sleep? Do I have the consumables? You know, early mm-hmm. on, you're making those decisions. Later on, not so much. Yep. Um, uh, your chances of success can also be modified by the uh, situation that you're in. Uh, there are uh, fetters is, is, what, is what they call these kind of uh, post-roll modifiers. Here, they're just kind of factored in. But uh, these can just be like, okay, one of your guys has a motivation fetter. 
uh, that it gives everybody a particular extra chance on might things or whatever. Yes. Up as, as many of these as there are stars in the sky. There are, there are status effects. Yes. Uh, basically. There's also invisible ones. So like if you have a test, like let's say you need to do something quickly under the eye of somebody watching, you can mm-hmm. take a turn to watch their patterns. You won't get a fetter, but the next time you actually do a thing, it will be easier. Yeah. You know, so there are invisible modifiers for this as well. Like a lot of this yeah. stuff is does a good job of staying behind the scenes. Yeah. And and um, uh, like we just used about 20 different synonyms that the game uses in order to describe, okay, just what what do I need to roll on this D20 yeah, to make this the happen? Fuck up. Because yeah. using 20 different synonyms, <laughs> we we going to do it. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, fetters are just status effects most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just have a cutesy name and all the individual ones have cutesy names. Uh, you know, so yep. that's, you just have to be okay with it. Get a lot of hovering <laughs> over to see what they are. Um, the, uh, the way that when you're in combat, um, character initiative is rolled, uh, and fixed there. Uh, you can have an initiative skill that makes you go faster, mm-hmm. uh, there, but otherwise it's rolled. Uh, each character's term and turn involves a moon act, a move action and like an action action, like an attack mm-hmm. action, even though you can use an attack action slot as a move action. It doesn't mm-hmm. tell you that. Yeah. Uh, and you can do them in any order yeah. uh, there. Move actions do not necessarily mean move. Uh, they do mm-hmm. the kindness of making things like using items or using certain buffs. Take your move action instead of your attack. Yeah. You, using you something in the, do both. Yeah. Using something in the world, like activating a terminal or something is usually a move action as well. I, typically, at least in the last half of the game, not usually not because oh. the, a lot of the tension comes from getting to a, a terminal and mm-hmm. then having an action left over to operate it. Mm. Um, but the uh, th- another way to put this, like I feel like a more modern tabletop game way to put it. And when I say modern, I mean like 2005 would have been to say <laughs> a major and a minor action yeah, and just make yeah. movement a minor action. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they don't do that. Yeah um uh this this is backported in uh i i I like the actual tabletop version because you know it's not a thing where you're like laying minis out and moving square by square they do the Mm -hmm. kindness of saying like okay is something like right there uh do i gotta take a step and do do i got (laughs) there's like five different there's five different distances that go from i can reach her from my hand to this is several miles and it'll take a day to get there uh yeah, it's just it's it's quantized very loosely, uh, which is nice. So they had to kind of graft graft this in when it comes to uh, combat, uh, when yeah. it comes to like a movement thing. And they brought in stuff like um, uh, flanking, uh, which, uh, mm-hmm. which 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 is here as well. Like in the table in the tabletop system, it'd be like okay, the two of us are teaming up. One of us is distracting this person, so I get to you know have an easier check on this you know kind of deal mm-hmm. here it's just like you would expect from this kind of you know you the from this kind of game. yeah you get yeah. the flanky fettle yeah yeah you get, uh, you get like, flanky fettles to enemies like yeah. animal, like candy there 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 will uh there will be skills that set up attacks of opportunities like they're doing stuff to make this feel familiar to anybody who has played something that is pulled from D D two through 3.5 right well, and things for people who have played uh modern crpg games Yes. You know, it also wants to play like a, an isometric modern CRPG. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, in, in combat, uh, you do roll to attack. Uh, you can apply effort to attack. Effort tends to uh, increase your chance to hit. And also, uh, depending on the attack or spell you're using, extra effort will have extra effects. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, plus X damage per effort used. 
things yeah. like that. Um, your weapon type will have a uh, a base damage that is fixed that's modified by these special effects, uh, which mm-hmm. tend to be resistances and weaknesses um, of the enemy. And that's where we get into those damage types mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about. Uh, here is my experience playing through this game twice. You can completely ignore this. <laughs> uh, it is it is a whole huge i i can count on one hand the number of times i've paid attention to damage types in a video game uh-huh like it and that includes shit like pokemon like where it's the only mechanic that there is to the, right, the fighting. Right. like i just don't do it you know and, right. and, and it ends up being fine like I'll, I'll attack and my guy will be like i didn't do very much damage and then i'll attack him again and i'll do enough damage and the combat's over quick enough on normal to like <laughs> not be a thing you know yeah. it's basically divinity original sin 2 like you have to pay attention to it but like you, you know? almost never have to really engage with this shit if you don't want to yeah and and the yeah. game doesn't want you to it doesn't encourage you to min max because you are encouraged by the type of game it is in the story that's telling to avoid combat and the combat is not so rigorous that you have to really engage with the stuff yeah you which know? is which you know if <laughs> If you say that in a slightly different tone, could be considered damning. Like, it, wh- yeah, why, it, why, why is this system here if you can ignore it kind of thing? Yes, it yeah. it is damning, but it's a minor damnation. Yeah. Like, it doesn't it doesn't matter that much. Like, it, if I were judging this on its, like, elegance or its perfection, like, how tidy is this? Mm-hmm. Tidies of Numenera. It's not very tidy. Like, yeah. that is an, an untidy move for it in mm-hmm. terms of design. I just don't, it doesn't impact the experience that much. Yeah. You know, objectively it's not great, but really it doesn't matter too much. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um so we you know we said encounters are called, are called crises in this. Mm-hmm. Um and you can resolve these with non-combat skills. So if you hover over the the leader, you can probably see that there's a dialogue option. From yep. there you can do a completely different difficulty test to try and convince them like, "Oh, I've got a bunch of guys coming, you better run." You know, and there are different skills associated with like deception and intimidation, persuasion, all of that kind of stuff. Um, you can either do that or you can go use, you know, objects. Do you not want to, you know, defeat three of these boss boss level things that are that are flooding in go 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 use these tanks that will attract them but then when they're close enough switch the polarity so it freezes them in place and then they're taken out of your hair right you're you're using the action economy to neutralize things the same way you might with combat you're just doing it in a wider variety of ways that respects a wider variety of builds yeah um and the coolest of these crises that do this uh this is I can forgive people listening who don't think this sounds that different mm-hmm. than most of these games because the way that most games would handle it is you talk to somebody, you have the chance to do the intimidation check or what have you. Mm-hmm. If you fail it, you just go into a combat and that's what happens. Here, the difference is you can often influence things once combat have started and the coolest of these mix the two. Yes. Um, this is a, a later thing that will happen and I'll be vague uh, so it doesn't spoil it for you. Uh, here but there's like Mm -hmm. a really cool crisis where a guy is giving you a tour okay and you have to sneak and do something while this is happening so you send party members along to distract him with inane questions (laughs) and you have to pick the questions that will make him pontificate the longest okay while to give your guy enough time to do this thing it buys you turns yeah it buys you turns on this other thing and it's a crisis and you can fight Uh during it they can catch you and fight um other things like oh 
uh, hold these people off while you do this thing. You're mm-hmm. sending one. It's it's really Shadowrunny. Like you're sending one person off to go deck, you yeah. know, while other people are doing the combat. Like a crisis. It's really cool when it's mixing different types. Yeah. Of of engagement or conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was I was really surprised when I went to that basement full of drones. We'll we'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in this episode because that happens on Sega's Cliffs. But um, but I was really surprised that I didn't have to kill all of those things once they were aggro. Like it is it is neat and it gives them a, like <laughs> bizarrely for a game where combat if you fight it straight can be kind of monotonous it does mm-hmm. end up bringing like a ton of variety uh to the different combat situations are there i, I mean k- kind of because each combat scenario each crisis needs to justify why it exists to a degree yeah. it's like all right we're not throwing combat at you willy-nilly this is you know you know like just each of these needs to be its own kind of thing well let's get creative with it let's how can we actually use the systems that we have in place here to to, to give you different goals and stuff it's it's very canny in that regard yes yeah it it is uh it doesn't land it perfectly but it's really mm-hmm. appreciated and a really admirable effort that works more than you might expect yes you know in in terms of this and as we mentioned before it respects the contract uh mm-hmm. you want to make a talkie character who doesn't fight you got it mm-hmm. uh you will very rarely have to fight uh yeah. it's not never i don't think i think there are a couple of mandatory fights in the game but maybe not like D-. you might be able to actually get through it exactly um yeah uh everything else is handled in dialogue trees um Mm -hmm. this is the brian fargo method uh Mm -hmm. we're gonna get you know similar to torment or fallout um you know where you're asking people about things by going through the right paths you'll sometimes unlock things uh descriptions are being peppered through this like you if you have a high enough perception you can notice people are lying and things like Mm -hmm. that if you have enough high enough perception or if you have a shady doctor rip out your eye and put yeah, in yeah. a fake one <laughs> yeah, yeah or uh if you end up getting an artifact that lets you read minds and you can read somebody's surface thoughts uh which <laughs> yeah. is really really a, a good one uh that doesn't do a whole whole lot other than just add a tons of flavor mm-hmm. um so it, it's it's conveying a lot of information to in these yeah um uh, certain options specifically like responses when somebody asks you a question or you know just uh gives you a chance to react to them will um will affect your tides like we said the tides are the force but here also the different colors of tides there are five of them kind of correspond to an alignment system like in D. &D. yes uh not the nine point and not as moralistic you know Mm -hmm. none of these are evil tides yeah. You know, there's not the tide of like, you know, like, like the, the rent, give me the rent, you know, the black tide of landlords. Um, so there's, uh, there's blue, which is kind of wisdom and knowledge. Red is passion. Uh, indigo is justice. Silver is ambition, notoriety, and gold is goodness, like empathy and sacrifice. Yeah. Um, your tide shift on your actions. So you'll do a thing and it will say, uh, red tide increased a little blue tide increased a moderate amount. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have a highest value of this, which is your dominant tide. Um, this is your alignment. Uh, yeah. This affects kind of available options, some character relationships, uh, affects the ending uh, that you have. It's interesting how this, how little mechanical effect this has. Yeah. It shows up, but it's not a huge thing for being mm-hmm. the the name of the game. <laughs> you know, it, it, there's a little like Cones of Dunshire 
element of this where I was like, supposed to be about the tides. I kept thinking <laughs> I was playing it. And they, they matter. You know, it it does matter, but it's not uh, as big a deal as it is in uh, Planescape Torment, where belief is the central tenant. Yes. Uh, you know, people are defined by their beliefs and their philosophies in that game. That is the point of it. Mm-hmm. This it is one of the things where it's it feels like an inelegant matchup or like one-to-one comparison to how it was handled in Planescape. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it, it ends up kind of being like a little interesting piece of like Chrome or hand waving, you know, because mm-hmm. like there is a, uh, there's a sound cue associated with any action that you take that, um, uh, that has a tide change associated with it. And you'd see the little readout, like, you know, what, like what gained or what lost, regardless of how meaningless that actually is. There is always that split second of like, Ooh, it made a sound. So I, I did something good or like oh no i'm 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 on i'm on team blue and my red went up ah like it's not it's not smart to fall for that right but it is still it is still there again as decoration right yes it's it's a it's a weird thing uh that doesn't that you can mostly ignore that gives you fun sounds and makes you feel like you're doing a thing but you don't really play this like an alignment thing where like unlike an alignment system, you're not saying like, I want to be good, mm-hmm. you know, because there's not a good and evil other than gold, which is like, obviously very nice. If you're playing a good character, you'll do a lot of gold things, but you're also going to do a lot of indigo things and a lot of blue mm-hmm. things. You yeah. know, you're going to do a lot of things that are gold and red. Like the whole yeah. thing is a little bit messy and more amorphous and mm-hmm. ultimately matters a little bit less, uh, it, which is very role play. You know, yeah. it is very uh, tabletop as opposed to computery. It's it's also it it this is just this is descriptive right like this does like this will never there's like a loading screen tooltip that says this will never stop you from being able to take an option right whereas alignment would you know like there would be you know consequences if your alignment was going to change you know somebody would outright leave the party if you were no longer a good character or an evil character right even further than that like alignment was really tied into the rules in D D in a weird way where like. I stop being this alignment. I can no longer have the superpower. Yes. You know, like it, it was literally, and which is really weird because tides of Numenera, the idea of tides in the narrative are so much more important. Oh yeah. I mean that like, you know, narratively than they end up being mechanically. The thing that the changing God, you you learn this very, very early on the changing God. And then all of the castoffs have some kind of very powerful tie to the tides and are able to bend it. Right. Yes. Uh, some choose to indulge in this, which you know they they tend to they tend to start thinking they're gods and start fucking things up. Some people mm-hmm. decide not to mess with it, but all of them are attuned to it. Right. Yes. So like, and because this is again, it is a torment kind of uh, kind of thing. You know, you are walking around in a world that has been impacted by this one very powerful person that has all these different kind of versions laying around. Um, you know, the, and each of them is, is attuned to this. It is very important in the, in the narrative, uh, and it does not have a commensurate, uh, importance in the actual mechanics to actually yeah. reflect it. Right. Like, I know that I'm a blue, I'm, I'm, I'm a blue boy cause I, I mm-hmm. like learning stuff, but that's just because I'm seeking out content and I want to know why people do stuff the way that they did, because that's where content is. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it's real strange that that is so important, but it has no impact. And then the game is like on a tooltip. Like, hey, this doesn't have an impact, man. 
you know, yeah. this is not going to stop you from doing anything. It's not restrictive. It's it's flash. These cones yeah. don't do shit. These cones <laughs> don't do shit. It isn't about the cones. Um, I'll play the Maverick. Uh, the equipment system in this is simplified. Uh, you have different categories of weapons uh, that you can use. Um, you have armor. Armor is just for you. Your companions have set armor. Mm-hmm. You can wear a cloak. Only you get that option. And then everyone gets an ornament. Uh, and you can have an artifact. Uh, one or two artifact slots. The ornament everyone gets. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a ring slot or just a doodad you have with yeah. you. Artifacts are uh, more important and more powerful than this. They have to be bonded, but you need a stat to right. to equip it because you have to tolerate it. It's Numenera and you can get Numenera sickness from yeah. having too much. Yeah. Uh, the, it's specifically the concentration skill can let you avoid the, uh, the downside of the bonded yep. equipment. Yeah. Uh, um, the, the, the one that is explicitly going to going to give you some sickness is, uh, there are unique, uh, uh, items that you find unique in Numenera that are like below artifacts, but above just vendor trash, you know, doodads. Yep. Oh, I found a cool rock. Uh, these are ciphers. Uh, there's yes. like a very special place in the inventory for these. Uh, these are basically like grenades that do a whole bunch of different stuff. And if you carry too many of them, then the game penalizes you. Did you know? That if you give, I was fucking around moving people around in my inventory or moving uh-huh. my companions around. If you give somebody too many of these things, they do blow up. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> like, I'm so sorry, Rin. Oh my God. I, yeah. I, I was uh, getting, getting rid of, I was sending a, a character on a thing. I don't want to spoil it for you. Uh, so I wanted to take all their ciphers away and put, I was like, I'll just put them all in one person temporarily. Uh No. <laughs> uh, you, you don't want to do that so the uh you want to spread these out um if you're going to go above your limit yeah i the important thing about ciphers is that they are one-time use and something that this game does uh, i think is that's really good is the system of the cipher sickness is a little bit of a blunt instrument but it is combating too good to use syndrome yes uh use these the reason why Cole and I are both saying the com- if you play if you play this and you're like I didn't think the combat was that easy you probably weren't using your ciphers. Oh, you got to use uh, your ciphers. Yeah, they're incredibly powerful. It goes against everything that gaming has like absolutely poisoned your fucking brain with. Uh, <laughs> use items. I cannot I cannot stress this enough. I know we say it every winter RPG month. Mm-hmm. Use potions. Use consumables. Uh, you will have a better time playing video games and they don't, you don't like the, the, your computer doesn't spit out a dollar for each one you didn't use when you see credits. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't get tickets or anything. Use them. Right. Yeah. Uh, and in this game, very specifically, it's not only is it's like a fundamental part of the world that you use <laughs> these. It's a, it's a system. It's supported. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they're meaningful. Like, it's not just like getting a, you know, like, Oh, this is a, this is a lightning stone. It'll cast lightning one. Yeah. You know? None of that works shit here. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's actually worth reading the descriptions on these and then taking a turn to you know to use them if they you find really yourself in a stuff. situation. Yeah. Like there, there's one like later, one of the ones that I resented that was in my inventory until the end of the game, not because I was too good to use, but because I stopped getting into fights, uh-huh. uh, was a cloud of nanites that would animate a dead enemy to yeah. fight on my side. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I want that. I'll be a little bit queasy to carry that around and then just never <laughs> end up using it. But like they, they have a lot of really cool effects and a lot of them are just grenades, but they do, they'll shore up different damage types mm-hmm. for you. You know, if you're not doing damage to an enemy and you want to engage with the damage type system, you probably yeah. have a cipher that will do that type of damage mm-hmm. that, they're, that they're weak against. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah. So use these. Do not uh, just kind of relegate them off to the side. Yeah. And you know, just like, oh well, I guess I guess I'm sick because I'm carrying too many of these. Better give them <laughs> with tears in my eyes. Give them to Alligur and so he can explode. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, Alligur. The, uh, I hardly uh, knew you because you didn't seem interesting. No one to did. Me. Yeah. Um, the uh, so uh, this has a party, has a crew. Um, this crew to me is is firmly in the B mm-hmm. category. Like if I had to grade the crew uh, again, if you're holding up that uh, Planescape Torment yardstick, they're gonna suck. Yeah. They're pretty good. You know, like they're interesting. Uh, we'll talk about them as you run into them. Uh, other than Alagurn, who we've Alagurn has an interesting thing that can happen with them. You just have to mm-hmm. deal with a lot of Alagurn, but the, um, <laughs> they're interesting, right? Yeah. Like there's there's cool things to them. Uh, this is a point that's in the Noah Caldwell Gervais video about it. Uh, that was something that was in my craw about these guys, which I didn't put together until um, I I watched that video. But I was just like, there's something off about these characters. They're really cool, but why don't I like them more? And the reason is that outside of Rin, they don't relate to you. No. Um, the, the cool thing in Planescape Torment is that you would meet Dakan. He was just a weird guy with a cool story, but you'd get these depths where it's like, no, no, this guy relates to the plot. Like, mm-hmm. I was the person who did, did this to him. Oh, wait, no, I didn't do that. I did this. Shit. <laughs> oh, I didn't do that. I did something even worse. Fuck. You know, and and <laughs> can I get this person to forgive me after I've wronged them in this way was an interesting arc. Yeah. Uh, here, they're just kind of weirdos. Uh, they don't really have any tie to you. It can feel really arbitrary when they come with you. Yeah. You know, like, just like, hey, you seem good. You want to go with me? <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 hey what, it's your party. What, what a- when I talked you know, to you, your first line was voiced, so that means yeah. Does that I can mean take you want with me? You want to hang out? Sure. I, I, do you like any bands? Like it, <laughs> it just it happens really quick. In yeah. This. So individually, some of them are really cool, and you can grow like a good relationship with them, but they do not feel connected to you. Mm-hmm. One of the genius things about Planescape Torment is they gave a narrative justification for that. The reason why everyone's coming with you is because they have to. Right. Uh, you know, and they don't they don't want to reveal that to you because you don't know it. And it's their advantage for you not to know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is so much cooler than just like I met Eritus and Eritus is a good time boy, rotten soldier who's up for anything. Yeah. You know, you know, it's just like I, I, I kind of don't care that I <laughs> that I'm bending the tides to make them come with me. I don't, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it just kind of doesn't matter. Like it, there's, yeah. and that's where ultimately like this is getting into final summation shit, which I'm going to talk about next episode. Mm-hmm. But like, this is a great collection of short stories taken on its own terms. All kinds of cool stuff happens here. It doesn't touch my heart though. Yeah. Uh, and that's a problem uh, mm-hmm. as a follow up to, to Planescape Torment. Yeah. You know, and th- that's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. I think. Yes. Yeah, uh, but there are you know statistical advantages. Any challenge, um, you can decide to sub them out. So mm-hmm. like Eridus is my smash guy, you know yep. stuff like that. Yep, yep. Uh, and and the individual stories on many of them are very cool, which yes. we'll talk about. Uh, the the exception to this I, I refer to as Rin. Uh, Rin is one of my favorite companions in ACRPG. Like mm-hmm. I would put her in like my League of Extraordinary Gentlemen of mm-hmm. CRPG companions. Uh, she's wonderful. Yeah. So, but not for reasons that uh, they don't become clear until the end. Uh huh. So, but she's great. <laughs> the, 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 um, uh, this game does uh, music wise and uh, visually, it's fine. Yep. Uh, it's 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 real busy looking. 
yeah. there's less of kind of a unified uh, aesthetic to mm-hmm. it. Um, really weirdly, like the first couple areas, specifically the opening tutorial area, is like you're on an animate trapper keeper. Uh-huh. There's lots of like uh, <laughs> mind's eye video things just floating around. <laughs> Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> like right outside the right outside the gate of the building that you crash in just a, just a couple of cones just some yeah, loose just cones floating hanging out cones it's all about the cones <laughs> uh just a it's it's like homer going into the 3d world a little bit yeah you yeah. know uh initially uh the second hub has a much more unified aesthetic and i think mm-hmm. is is a lot stronger for it yeah um but nothing uh is beautiful in it uh, for for lack of a better word, like nothing is like th- those hand painted backgrounds of of isometric CRPGs mm-hmm. are a big joy to me. Like looking yeah. down on the city of Baldur's Gate two, uh, sounds awesome or like looks awesome. I yes. love these little details, these little buildings and stuff. This game doesn't quite do that as well, mm-hmm. uh, and the characters don't look as cool. They're hard to make out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, just like the setting itself, the visuals are a, a hodgepodge, and that is either going to be to your taste or not. I yes. like that it's not afraid to be colorful. Uh, you know, yeah. If, if I, like I can, yeah, yeah. It's uh, a, the and, guy, the artist who did a lot of the backdrops and stuff for this uh, is the artist who does the art on Slay the Spire. Uh, oh. And the reason I know that is because he ta- he must live somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. He tables at the comic conventions oh, nice. that are up here. And I always see him I'm like, uh, Slay the Spire. <laughs> and then it's under it, it'll say Tides of Numenera. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. You know, some of right. that's fine. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, they, for, for the music, they got Mark Morgan back, uh, mm-hmm. composer on uh, Planescape Torment. I, I don't, you know, the soundtrack in this is fine. I, I I also don't think that the soundtrack in Planescape Torment is any great shakes. You know, it's just, it, it's all just very functional mood setting, you know? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I generally like those soundtracks because of associations. Yes. Yeah. They're not things I'm going to listen to on their own. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't get in the way. Nope. Yeah. Uh, the writing is really good mm-hmm. in this, uh, the, uh, writing and plotting, yes. uh, is both very good. So you have a good reason to visit the major locations talk to people and do side quest. And where the writing shines, uh, are these amazing little short stories. Yes. Um, this is a short story compilation more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, constant parade of just absolutely incredible concepts <laughs> and honors my like if you're going to put something in the game it should be interesting yes uh not one person is walking back and forth saying the king lives in the castle well they just have this. vague names i mean it's almost like uh it's almost like in pathologic where they say you'll be able to tell at a glance if somebody is just an extra right yeah <laughs> well even yeah. the extra extras will say funny shit there's the the yeah. person who you cannot get in the dialogue tree with Who's uh, down by the cliffs? Who uh, gives out uh, blunt advice? Yep, <laughs> you know, like and just like has all these different like you can just click on them and just get a series of insults, basically yeah, un- uncomfortable truths set on demand. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly, uncomfortable <laughs> truths on demand. Uh, really great, you know that. Uh, the my ding uh, that I have of this is that the prose is too purple. Uh, we talked about that earlier with everything being mm-hmm. like you know, tell me more about yeah. the description of this box. Um. There, there's some joy to the language and the esoteric language that's being used. Yeah. There yeah. are, it, there's no time where you could get away with using less words that they do that. Right. Uh, there's always the maximum number of words to say something mm-hmm. basically, uh, which 
uh, lends to a fatiguing effect, which I think is a problem with the writing, a not damning one. The writing in general mm-hmm. is very good. It's well above average, but it, it does kind of bum me out. One of the uh, kind of axes that they have just for like, okay, you know, well, what kind of just spice am I going to use in this uh, is just theatricality. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a couple, like a couple too many people like really enjoy rhyming, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, oops, all Tom Bombadil's <laughs> fuck man. <laughs> Went to the, the tides of Bombadil. Uh, yeah. There, there's it's stuff like that. Like yeah. they'll have kind of a gimmick. Like it, it's interesting. Like it really makes me want to take a scalpel to it yeah. because in any given thing, there are almost always like a beautiful idea mm-hmm. on display with like a, an absolutely intense amount of humanity behind it. Yeah. Um, and every once in a while you'll get very beautiful and pleasing turns of phrase, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very rare. Like I play a lot of reading games, like CRPGs mm-hmm. are one of my favorite uh, genres it's it's rare that i get to the skim point yeah. you know where i skim like i tend to read video games like mm-hmm. uh, i feel like i'm missing out i, I start skimming in this because <laughs> it's just so purple and there's so much of it yeah uh, you get into these things called mirror casters in this which are the equivalent of the spheres you know where you go into and you do a little choose your own adventure yeah, and man, i just i i couldn't tell you what happens in the one i did <laughs> I, a lot of them are good like there's yeah. a bunch of them that are good they play into the plot more than you expect Mm-hmm. Uh, more than backstory there's so many of them and they're so fucking long yeah. like you're already essentially doing the act of reading a novel it's like do you want to read this short story in the middle of this novel you know and i just yeah. kind of feel like i'm already doing that like mm-hmm. i i'm i'm ginger around talking about this stuff because i don't want to sound like an idiot i don't yeah. want to sound like oh i don't like re-, you know give me wh- oh. why am i not doing slam dunks while a guy yells boom shakalaka at me that's what I want to be doing like <laughs> Navy seals. Like I'm not that guy. I uh-huh. just think that the, it's a little too wordy. Yeah. You know, uh, you can like words and still have something push that limit. I think. Yeah. Something can be, you know, you can have a preference for plain spoken. You can have a press. You can have a preference for direct. Also, I or think even that this... more direct, like yeah. not direct. Like I'm not, I don't, it doesn't even be Hemingway. Right. It just can't always be Lovecraft. You know, some something that happens in this, uh, like like a little bit to me is the the they they fall into a little bit of um adverb kind of stuff, uh, adverb mm-hmm. problems. He said blankly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Like just uh, there the, there's something stylistically about uh the way that like stage direction or like narration is put in, where mm-hmm. like it, it's. I don't, I don't know who, whose reaction, like, like whose concept of interpreting it, that the, the, this is, and it's just mixing you know, actual like dialogue spoken, how this person represents themselves with a, like a lot of like novelistic kind of description and mm-hmm. the, 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 the ratio is off. I just, I yes. wish that more of the, more of the truths about these folks would be, would be turned into, into dialogue. I mean, in a way it, it's hard. It, it is a, problem to hold this up against disco elysium a game that came out two years later and is also just like a high watermark for this for this genre you know Mm -hmm. something that they did that was amazing is there's basically no stage direction in the dialogue all of that is offloaded to to, to your different aspects and each of those has its own voice right and you can decide which one is trustworthy for you know how you view this character in these worlds based on based on how they decide to chime in and when 
right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, st- the, the stage direction ends up, uh, like, putting Cruft into this, I think, from, like, a stylistic point. Or, from uh, yeah, from a stylistic point of view. Yeah. In, in addition to just their... It, it, it's that and just some extra Cruft. Mm-hmm. Like, it's stage direction, and then even just the content has, is a little Crufty. Yeah. You know, comparing... Like, there's really useful comparisons to be made with this and Disco Elysium, which feels more like Planescape Torment to me yes uh, in a lot of ways because it is more philosophically tied to like those things like a little mm-hmm. bit stronger uh than this so you, and and it has better prose like it is more readable interesting prose there's also a negative comparison to be made with uh again ty- um pillars of eternity which is a game i like on a long mm-hmm. enough timeline i can see us doing it yeah. uh it is too wordy as well right. uh that also is just too many words to not enough end Mm-hmm. um there so it can be a lot worse than it yeah. is here it's just not uh planescape torment and yeah. it's not disco elysium it's a, above <laughs> average but it's not perfect like i i have to pump the brakes a little bit on praise around it just because it's right. anything that fatigues you this much right you know is not an experience you necessarily want for a video game like i'm, I'm not looking to be tired you know <laughs> in general i'm not looking to be tired yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean if you're looking for like non best in the world comparisons you know to mm-hmm. this like okay if play if planescape torment is too is is too high of a standard or disco elysium is too high of a standard there are other ones that manage to get this right um mm-hmm. divinity original sin 2 doesn't have this problem tyranny yeah doesn't have this problem and tyranny no, is in love with with like the music of words right yeah it's just written i think a little bit more tastefully to where you know it's not as uh you know as tiresome as this a little less concerned with being a source book yes than this is like this you know we talk about how we want the source book for something it's very different than saying we want the experience of playing it to be a source book yes you know and and in some ways tides of numenera ends up feeling like playing a source book well i mean it came out before the actual system before the tabletop system yeah, yeah. did like yeah. this was a lot of people's first i can't imagine another way into numenera outside of being a big monty cook fan yeah i love the cook <laughs> uh or, or like you know you just keep up on new games you know right, like you yeah. go to the game store and it's like oh here's a big card cover role yeah card. um the themes of this do tie into the themes of planescape torment um i will be really curious to talk to you about this once you get to the end Okay. Of this. Um, there are the comparison is very direct. Mm-hmm. So uh in Planescape Torment, a past incarnation of you mm-hmm. uh did a bunch of awful stuff and you're dealing with that. Here uh it's much more of a daddy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um you are dealing with sins of the father, yeah, uh more than sins of the self, mm-hmm. uh, which I ends up feeling very important to me in how this game lands those themes. Right. Uh, in in terms of things, it does feel a little bit like, you know, if you put a gun to someone's head and they had to come up with another way to explore those themes, what's another premise? Well, a guy who's cursed not to die versus a guy who is, you know, the shell for this god. Like, they did come up with another premise that allows them to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it for me, it doesn't work as well. And and <laughs> I'll get into it more next episode. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we, we can get into it more there. But just like... It, it it is a little weird it's kind of coming at it laterally or coming at that uh that that, that theme uh diagonally which is you know ultimately planescape torment it like the way you resolve the uh, that is to decide how much 
what do you accept about yourself and the things you have done? Like, are you going to, you know, take responsibility and go fight in the blood war forever? <laughs> or are yeah. you going to, you know, tr- 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 try, try and get out of it? Right. Um, having it not be, you're just like, okay, accepting something that you have done does take a little bit of the emotional, uh, uh, kind of like punch out of it to a degree. I I think it absolutely does. Like, it's a really big difference. Like this guy who made me what he, like, Uh I didn't do it, you know, like I I don't feel guilt. Like the the, weird thing about this game is the thing that's missing is the torment. (laughs) Like I don't feel tormented. Like torment is on display bad things happen and the changing God is a monster and he's a profound monster. He's an interesting monster and his motivations are interesting. The crimes he's done, he's done are very sundried and cool. Uh, It wasn't me though. Uh huh. You know, I'm not tormented by that shit. I'm just a guy, you know, I I was just born, man. I just got (laughs) here. I was put into the situation and I have a lot of like, like fucked up and powerful brothers and sisters. And like, yeah, yeah. the, 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 in Planescape Torment, it's arguable that you are a victim of your past self, right? Yeah. Here you are undeniably a victim. Yeah. Like just like everyone else is like, this is something that was done to you, not something you did uh, in in any way, shape or form. And do you see Uh, examples of ways that can go very, very poorly? But, mm-hmm. you know, as at least as far as I've been, I just finished the Valley of the Dead Gods last night to give you a to give you a sound mm-hmm. scary. Um, um, at least as far as I have been. Dead heroes. It, er, er, yes. Dead, 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 dead heroes. Yes. Um, and, what did I say? Dead gods. Oh, yes, which also sounds cool heroes. and is a Planescape thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wanted to make sure I didn't say Valley of Dead Garys. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, yeah. why, why would you say that i don't know why, would, I was why are you in danger of saying that like is that something you've been workshopping <laughs> no no it's because i was talking to you and i was oh. i was very quickly moving on to my next point huh, just uh, thinking about the valley of dead garys no me Denise, <laughs> old men hanging out <laughs> for eternity. oh man that little shit from pokemon my yeah dad's there. yeah <laughs> no uh but uh at least as, as far as i have gotten to it's not like i can go and become as bad as as bad as them there is one that i dealt with who is very clearly a bigger monster than i think i could ever that my character could ever personally be given the yes. range of possibilities that has been expressed to me whereas in planescape torment like you could you could be i mean there are options in there that i am not even comfortable in acting in fiction you know if i have a choice to play through a torment turn my stomach (laughs) yeah you know uh this is not that it doesn't have that power you know it's it's not it's not as deep as that and that's okay again Uh on its own merits like as a short story collection it absolutely sings uh as a collection of cool ideas that has value yeah uh something else about the writing uh is that uh this is a kickstarter game and they did Mm -hmm. take kickstarter characters one thing that when you like read interviews about this you know they say like oh like (laughs) a thing that we're proud of is it's not actually that easy to tell like what is kickstarter content and what and what is not uh Mm -hmm. and when they listed like uh, a few of the examples i was like huh wait that's cool they actually managed to like to like take the prompt Yeah, it, it like integrated very well, and so they would they would get the prompt from the for you know from the backer and be like, okay, somebody who's you know looking for like an unrequited love. Then they got basically they basically had permission because of what this game is to take that and twist it, 
right? So like yes. it is not just uh self-insert kind of shit. No, it is like they they that they were given license to make it work within the setting and make it, you know, fit alongside the uh kind of homegrown um uh, fucked up short stories that yeah. they had, right? They did a great job with that, I think. Yeah. Uh even though it does have the uh, this game and Hong Kong both have the um the Kickstarter fingerprints in the the lesser lesser way, in uh-huh. the you know the the Valley of Dead Heroes when you go through the tomb, and yeah. you just get to see like you know, fart smella sixty nine, <laughs> and the <little> epitaph <laughs> they put in there. I just like fuck man, <laughs> like I I I am so sick of handing it to Kickstarter backers in video games. Yep, uh, it's hilarious in uh, Shadowrun Hong Kong because one of the uh, first of the couple early portraits you can get. Uh-huh. Uh, or the the port- character creation portraits are like clearly Kickstarter backers. <laughs> like there are so many goatees that exist in modern CRPGs that wouldn't exist in real life because of Kickstarter backer portraits. That's that's really funny. Uh, I love it's, it. It's incredible, man. <laughs> Just, <laughs> uh, here it all comes through in a, you know a big list of names that come yeah. through, but they also got to write little epitaphs. Uh, which means you get to see some memes and shit in the middle of, of your game that you're taking seriously. Another uh-huh. thing that uh, Planescape Torment would never deign to do, I feel right. like. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, the the overall quality, I think also, mm-hmm. uh, and also the variety that is on display here is the fact that they put together a super group mm-hmm. of uh, kind of RPG tabletop and fantasy writers uh, kind, of, kind of deal, including a lot of people who uh, worked on both Planescape and uh, and Fallout. And the the writing was led by Colin McComb, uh, who had mm-hmm. done Fallout 2 and Planescape Torment. So, like, there's continuity of talent here, not just like, oh, we got the name Torment from Wizards, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, development began with uh, Chris Avalone and Colin McComb uh, wanting to make a follow-up to, to Planescape Torment. Uh, but this would have to be a new story, a new character, since Torment tells a complete story. And, like, we don't want it to go do Decon's quest or whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I do, but I'm an idiot. Uh, it wouldn't be good the the crowd so crowdfunding became viable um they attempted to get the planescape license from wizards of the coast but that didn't happen because the planescape uh setting was generally retired um there's still some supplemental materials around it but they had a thing called the faction war and that basically killed it it climaxed like a white wolf game yeah does yeah um you know like there was a storyline like a meta progression Mm -hmm. um and that finished uh, although I am excited, there are going to be uh, a, a few Planescape 5e uh, books coming out uh, mm. here, I believe. Yeah, that's real cool. Yeah, obviously very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know they couldn't get that license, um, but Colin McComb joined Brian Fargo's In Exile Studio, um, mm-hmm. and a deal was struck with Monty Cook, who was making his own tabletop setting rulebook, also kickstarting that mm-hmm. uh, there. Yeah. Uh, And so pre-production began in early 2013. Uh, In Exile is a small studio. They were already working on Wasteland 2, which they had crowdfunded Mm -hmm. uh, just before this. Uh, And uh, they were going to move people over as that uh, wound down. However, Wasteland 2 got delayed, so Torment was also uh, pushed back. Uh, Yeah, this was kickstarted in like March of 2013 and didn't ship until 2017. Yep. Uh, which you know, at the time felt like a big deal. And there are probably a lot of horrible YouTubes with irritating thumbnails about that. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Those of age like milk. No. Um, so the project was funded and Kickstarter met its goal within six hours. And it's a huge Kickstarter success story. Yeah. Um, it ha- holds the record for the most funded video game project uh, or held that record for a very long time. 
Yeah, it was it was another big video game that came and uh, knocked that down. I, I think that it might have been Bloodstained. Possibly it was either mm. Bloodstained or Shenmue. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. uh, who, who will time tell which of those two will uh, Shenmue three or will stand the test of time? Uh, the the taking off and putting on your shoes simulator or uh, the. Uh, a real quick note about the writing before we get this too is that they recruited fantasy authors mm-hmm. for this um, and to write specific companions, which I think is a really yeah. interesting way to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, the two best companions in this are uh, Eritus, who is written by Chris Avalone, mm-hmm. um, who is a really great story. Uh, cannot wait for you to get to all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Rin, who is written by Patrick Roth, Rothfuss. Frost- the Roth. king killer The, the guy? king killing man. Uh, yeah. I don't. You know, I know that that is a a name with associated controversies and stuff. Like, I yes, know there are people yeah. don't like that guy. It is one of the best uh, companions in, in a CRPG that I played. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rin is incredible from a gameplay and story perspective. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit in this episode, more mm. next episode. But I think it's yeah. a really cool touch. Like, bring in a guest author to do an NPC's story. Yes. Uh, that's real neat. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it's It's a good approach. And also, I mean, like, it's a, it's a little bit how they did previously as well, like Fallout, you know, like Fallout games that would have different writers, different leads on uh, different characters because there were like quests associated with it. Yeah, you know? but not like so, guests. They wouldn't like bring yeah. in somebody to be, you know, with oh, yeah. their voice. That's something I would love to see more of. Yes. You know, and, and the setting is specifically tied to it because the setting allows you to do anything. Mm-hmm. So anyone who wants to do their pet character idea can do it here. Yeah. A new Minera did it. <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah i don't know they came from a realm or a portal or something <laughs> you know and that's literally uh, what happens so oh yeah of course so. uh so it, it can't really know uh how well this sold i imagine uh the bulk of its sales were done in pre-order from that big old kickstarter uh you know mm-hmm. the five million dollars of pre-release fund raising that they funds that they rose uh, it was generally well, generally well received, uh, kind of getting like sevens and eights out of tens, um, getting praise for its writing and world design and demerits for kind of combat and, uh, general clunkiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it is part of this grand revival CRPGs that we had in the mid tens. It's continuing. Uh, now, uh, this came out, you know, around about, uh, Wasteland 2 and Tyranny, Pillars of Eternity and, uh, Divinity Original Sin. Uh, just living like a Gary and shit where pillars of eternity is the worst of those. Oh, it's a crop. You know, yeah, it's an absolute <laughs> fucking crop. And then they continued on to do like wasteland three is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, pillars of eternity two. I haven't played yet, but everyone says it's much better. Divinity original sin two is an all time classic. Yeah. Um, the, uh, pathfinder games are cool. Like we're in a really good time mm-hmm. uh, for this kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, there's nothing, no indication they're going to do anything more with this. Um, in exile went on to make wasteland three, which again is very good. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, I'm sure we'll do that for the show at some point. Yeah. Um, wasteland three is quite good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but nothing, nothing more in video games and torment or, uh, Newman era, which, uh, pr- probably is fine. You know, like it's, it feels very much like it is made for tabletop and for collaborative storytelling kind of stuff. It's it's a very versatile setting. I would not mind a sequel to this that mm-hmm. did not have the torment baggage. Yes. You know, that just did a totally new zone. Yeah. With the same kind of premise and just use it as this playground for for ideas and character ideas and, and stuff fitting. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh that would be a good idea. 
And yeah. I'm okay. That never happened, but also, you know, it's possible. No viable. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, starts off with a bang. Uh, we mm-hmm. wake up. It's a black screen, but the dialogue box kind of describes, you know, we have come come into existence in this unfamiliar body uh, plummeting toward the planet uh, at a uh, from a great height with a moon uh, collapsing above you. Yes, uh, we will revisit this scene uh, or what led to this scene uh, at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um. You have a couple different options what you can do uh, here. The funniest thing you can do is lean into it and try to hit the ground. And if you do, you die. <laughs> and you know, the game ends and they name the crater in your honor. And then you go back to the title screen. Yay. <laughs> Very funny. Like, you can just be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm an asteroid. <laughs> um, I'm a meteor. Uh, uh, what uh, happens if you try to slow down and you do anything other than that, though, you're hit by a crackle of energy and you're brought into brought into something called a fathom. Again, everything has a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the dark fathom. And these are realms yeah. uh, that you're going to end up in. You're going to spend some time in the realm zone yeah. in this game. And it's unclear if this is, uh, you know, mystical, uh, like, you know what this is just like everything. This could just be, you know, you can, you conceptualized in the data sphere because there is something called the iron wind, there's just a bunch yeah. of nano machines that form this network connecting well, the, all the things iron as wind well. and the data sphere are, are very different my friend. are they now yeah the data, the data sphere is like the benign version that just kind of everywhere the oh, iron wind the, is yeah <laughs> like a okay there yeah yeah um but yeah there, there's a and again we're god fucking proper nouns man uh, <laughs> this could be a mindscape or a literal place yes uh, and if it's a mindscape it's not just a mindscape it's a mindscape with a technology overlay Yes, uh, uh, that is yeah. connected to a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but you're kind of uh, in uh, in the darkness, and you know this this uh, roiling void of hexagonal panels that are rising up and down, uh, and you get like a little bit of a you know, interaction tutorial. There is a dripping, glowing light liquid, uh, and a large bowl uh, that you have to kind of like pass a little test to move without hurting yourself. Yes. Yeah, just just teaching you the the basic verbs of yes. the game. Uh, when you do so, we get this mirror that allows us to set our you know create our character, our starting mm-hmm. traits. Um, you can only choose gender. Uh, you cannot choose appearance. Uh, mm-hmm. This is to a purpose. Yeah. Um, I know that really bugs some some people. Get very irritated about that in a game, and I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for a reason in this game. Yeah. The uh, once you step through this mirror, we go into the labyrinth. Uh, the last thing was the dark fathom. This is the labyrinth. Yes. The, uh, this is a realm and this realm is explicitly <laughs> a lot of realms in it, uh, a construct of your mind. Right. Um, so the labyrinth is going to keep showing up. This is, uh, when we're in our mind realm. Yeah. Uh, and this is where you go when you die. 
Yes, uh, you go to the as mind your, realm as your body is uh, is is uh, kind of re- regenerating. You've got kind of a Wolverine thing going on. Yes, uh, and our uh, little psychic tender, uh, mm-hmm. a, a version of you called the Spectre, uh, you know, f- fills us in a bit, saying that yes. uh, something could be a memory, could be another force. You know, it's hunting us, and if it catches us, then we're done. Yes, uh, so we need to go out into the real world, uh, get into our body inhabit it and find a resonance chamber uh, for this and attune to the tides. We don't know what all this stuff means. The beginning of this game to a purpose is incredibly disorienting. Uh-huh. Uh, it's worth talking about. Uh, even when we get out into the actual main world, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and that is intentional. You're supposed to feel like a newborn babe who does not mm-hmm. know shit. Yeah. Uh, the thing that's hunting you shows up. Uh, this is the sorrow. The sorrow is this gigantic mass of black and red tentacles uh, on this kind of frame, you mm-hmm. know, of like a big hunched over being. Yeah. Um, and this one has these little masses of uh, little black and red tentacles here uh, that show up and it starts a crisis uh, where we have to kill uh, these little ones. These are uh, these reflections that have it anchored to knock them loose from my your mind. Yeah. Um, and after you do so, so we, we do this in the turn-based combat system we talked about before. Mm-hmm. When you do so, these little sorrow fragments, these little squid guys, jump off and escape into different parts of your mind. Yeah. So you got these, you got these little gremlins knocking around until you deal with them about a third of the way through the game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this sorrow eventually comes for all cast-offs. Uh, it is a little bit of the animating, uh, uh, the animating purpose of what you're doing is, uh, trying to figure out how to not be killed horribly by this thing. Yes. Uh, we will talk about the sorrow at length. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go into this portal and emerge in the real world where there's a man and woman, uh, looking over your body. Uh, they get knocked over when you wake up. There's a big energy pulse. Yeah. Um, these are your first two, com- uh, potential companions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your first two companions will stay together for the tutorial. Yes. Uh, this is uh, Calisteg. Uh, I don't know if it's ever said. So I don't know it exactly is. I think that. it's Calisteg. Calisteg. Something Calisteg? like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Elergern, Elergern, uh, who is a man. Um, we are in this sanctum, uh, this former sanctum, this workshop of the Changing God. Yes. Uh, the Changing God made all these little workshops around. People explore them because they're full of cool tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a being that can transfer its mind into newly created bodies. No, it does so. It leaves behind the body and a new fo- mind forms in it. Uh, that's yeah. who we are. Yeah. And they know that they know that this is what happened pretty much right away. Yes. <laughs> like the world is just lousy with these husks that this guy just leaves behind. And and nobody <laughs> likes him. Yeah. Like he he's leaving freestanding loads <laughs> like and making it everyone's mess. we have been he's casting off to completion (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh but uh i feel like it's intentional the way that they give you these first two characters uh like it is very much a uh morgan and alistair kind of thing that they they have it's it's the old bioware dynamic it is the uh haughty woman and the just boring as paste dude (laughs) (laughs) the uh it's so there's there's more to both these guys uh-huh. and there's more to their relationship that doesn't get revealed for a while. Yeah. Um I in my first playthrough of this, when I played it way back in the day, uh, I didn't take either of them. Because mm-hmm. I was like, fuck these guys. They're yeah. boring. Uh this run I took Calisiege, and I really like that character. Mm-hmm. Uh she's great. 
really oh, yeah. cool concept and turns out to be a really cool character mm-hmm. just hides her light under a bushel you know i mean and th- that is wild to say because your first impression oh. she is a character who is constantly yeah, yeah. she has these uh, concepts shift- yeah, yeah, well, they, like, they both have concepts. Calistage has a uh, like has a big one, though, because yeah. she is constantly like you see these ghost versions of her just kind of like emanating off of her. Uh, she is like quantumly entangled. Like she has yes. all these like, you know, she calls them her sisters. These kind of shadow versions of herself, these reflections that are just kind of all on the same path, uh, kind of bound to her. Yeah. Yeah, it's real neat. Uh, and they they do cool stuff with this. Like she starts with an ability where she can teleport. And what's happening is she's switching positions with another version of her that was already in that spot uh-huh. in a different reality. Like it's really neat. Yeah. Uh, oh, ding dong. Sorry about that. <laughs> it just happens like it deliveries. Nice. Um, uh, Elagirn, uh, how were we pronouncing that before? Elagirn and forgot that. Yeah. We took a coffee break. Yeah, and I lost all words. of my minds. Uh, he has these moving tattoos on his arm. Uh, I'm going to spoil his story. Yeah, here. yeah. Uh, just the, the cool, or not his sole story, but the cool thing about it. Uh-huh. Uh, his village was destroyed, and he's looking for his family. The Numenera that he found turned his family into his tattoos. Oh, no. They live on him, and they can crawl off of him and go and fight and stuff. Huh. Uh, which is also really cool. It just isn't as immediately cool as Calistige. So so it seems like it's, I just want my kids back, but it's actually, my kids are on my back. Yeah, <laughs> I just want my kids back. And then, uh, do, do you already have them? And then it pans <laughs> over to one of those awful, like, portrait tattoos of an infant. <laughs> like, with the eyes are looking in different directions and shit. <laughs> Um, it's just it's just steve-o giving two thumbs up ah damn it <laughs> damn it uh but he's he's a real dick uh and the the reason why i didn't want to take him this time or the time before is uh he uses gendered insults uh, yeah Kelsey, which like i am just 2022 brained enough now where i don't like hearing the word bitch yep uh and somebody's just like man she's a harpy bitch i'm like man you suck uh, like she might suck and Calistage yeah. isn't like a good person like Calistage is really no. interesting she's not a saint uh but i don't know calling her a harpy <laughs> bitch is not a way to engender my you know nope. my sympathies yeah um, yeah yeah uh, i was i i was pretty comfortable uh i mean i was going to roll with Calistage just because i wanted the quantum shit but you told me mm-hmm. to pick up uh eridus instead yeah uh, and, and, and eridus i'm enjoying is Yes. Callous yeah. is great. Uh, Eridus's story is so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, when you get the whole thing. <laughs> um, the uh, So they, uh, you get this memory at this point, similar to Planescape Torment. You're going to constantly, uh, you know, succumb to memories. Yeah. Um, this is of the changing God talking to somebody about trying to solve the problem with the sorrow. And yeah. they think the res- resonance chamber will do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, we smashed it. Uh, yeah, we, we landed, landed on right resonance- on it. <laughs> Yeah, we we landed on the residence chamber and busted it. Uh, so we had to find some way to fix it. We asked these people, and they both uh, have an idea for it. Um, uh-huh. There's the cult of the changing god, which uh, Eladrin is uh, rooting for. Mm-hmm. That is uh, people who are interested in the changing god or the order of truth. The order of truth is uh, like a monk order, basically, who are yeah. like, hey, we probably shouldn't just say – Machines are none of our business, given that they're everywhere. We should try to learn as much as possible. Right. It's kind of the uh, the, the the prevailing religion uh, in the uh, in the world of the uh, the ninth world. That yeah, was, or, it, yeah, that isn't a cult. Like there's were, the right. the cult of the changing god is a cult. There are a lot of different religions. 
that we're going to run into. Uh, It is the one that seems not shitty. Right. Uh, And both of these characters, both these NPCs, uh, were Ellerdurn was a part of the Order Mm -hmm. of Truth and uh, Calistige currently is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, That's that's how they know each other and how they uh, came to hate each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Outside of the dome, when we leave, we're under the scavenger uh, after we get past the freestanding cones, um, a scavenger named Quor. Uh, who approaches uh, mm-hmm. and his employer sent him they saw this falling star. They wanted to check out what it was, you know, treasure is yeah. constantly raining from the sky in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and this starts a, a crisis. Um, I also, I was a charm character. Oh, so yeah. I persuaded them to stop. Otherwise yeah, on, you fight on the level. We call that the duck feed standard, which is yes. uh, uh, t- talking and small guns. Yes. Talking <laughs> small guns. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Near the end, I ended up being pretty good at fighting in this mm-hmm. game like i was a, a jack like i was good at everything yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's because they give you so many stats you it's very hard not to be good at almost everything right and that's yeah uh but i you know i'm able to uh to to convince him uh to leave i forget exactly what argument that i made but it was like hey it's none of this is worth dying for yeah yeah, yeah. you can also lie to him if your deception is up you have multiple mm-hmm. different social yeah. uh levers to bush one thing you can do that is very similar to uh, to uh, Planescape Torment, at least as far as I have seen, is you can just lean into it and say, I am the changing god. Yes. Uh, and that uh, can actually, like, greatly affect uh, your relationship with certain factions and stuff. Yep. He has he has a rep. Yeah. There. Uh, Eligern, yeah. after this leaves, he's like, hey, it's it's a real quinky dink that those guys just showed up. They're probably in cahoots <laughs> with you, Calistage. Yeah. Uh, I will not take one more step with this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to choose between the two of them. Mechanically, if this were a more combat-focused traditional CRPG, mm-hmm. this would be a pretty devastating choice. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're both nanos, uh, but they're really different. Um, Eligern is a cleric. Mm-hmm. He does healing and support magic. Calistage is a more traditional mage. Right. Um, like squishy wizard kind of character. It's going to take mm-hmm. a little while before uh, the other character who can fulfill a healing slot uh, yeah. gains those abilities. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, choosing wizard or cleric is a little bit tough <laughs> unless yeah, you play you... as one of them from the beginning. Right. Unless you roll as the, uh, the cleric yourself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but still you don't need it that much because it's not a hard game. So mm-hmm. I was, I was not inconvenienced by pl- uh, playing with Calistage. Yeah. Uh, um, so this place, this, uh, the, the, this, this reef, uh, is mm-hmm. part of the coastline that is off of this large town that is going to be our first, uh, hub. Uh, Sagus mm-hmm. Cliffs, Sagus Cliffs, uh, Sagus. really, tri- <laughs> really tripping yeah. over the G's on this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alligern, Alleg- <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, it's made up of a of a bunch of different regions, all of which are very overwhelming when you go to them. Uh, but the first one that we go to is Circus Minor, uh, which is like the uh, the open air market and like gathering place. And also the place where the uh, the changing god just kind of has the, their little tent city set up. Yeah, they they've sent up a set up a thing. The uh, that overwhelm is very real uh, yeah. and uh, is fatiguing. Mm-hmm. The trick is it's not as complicated as it seems. No. If you hear this, if you if you like these type of games, like I think this game is worth playing. Mm-hmm. If you hear this and you decide you want to play it, it is going to feel like kind of shitty initially. Yeah. It takes a little while to get a handle on the rhythm of like checking off quest yeah. off, off your, your list. You will get there though. It is not as mm-hmm. complicated as it seems. Um, 
Tides of Numenera also is unique as far as I know in terms of uh, CRPGs in a couple ways. One is that once you complete this hub and move on, you do not come back. Nope. This is a linear game in a mm-hmm. weird way. Like you go to a series of CRPG locations, only two of which are major hubs. There are a couple yeah. of minor uh, zones as well. And after you do them, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so you do not have to feel like, oh, I'm going to have to come back here in 10 hours and remember this thing. No, yeah, no. You, you just go through, you talk to everybody, you do all the things. Mm-hmm. You get all the short stories, you advance the plot, and then you can move on comfortably. Yeah. Um, uh, something that helps with that overwhelm is to know that um, if you're playing this with a keyboard, you um, uh, instead of like on the Steam Deck or whatever, uh, you can just press tab and it will highlight everything that is interactable. Uh, mm-hmm. This will show you names. Anybody with a proper name uh, will have uh, you know dialogue that you can you know uh, get, uh, and it also uh, highlights uh, with these different icons uh, things that are either points of interest to look at and observe. Uh, lootable things or um, interaction points uh, yes. as well. Like all of that is very uh, like uh, clearly delineated. So you get used to the density of it and, and understand like, oh, I'm just going to work methodically up this, like up the yeah. side of this. Okay, cool. I've talked to everybody here. Now I can, yep. you know, take on another one. Yeah. A, a real cool way that this articulates in terms of the things you just look at is it doesn't bring you into a different interface. Right. The text just appears on the screen. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you might open up a, you know, hit tab and see seven little magnifying glass icons. Mm-hmm. And that can feel like shit if you're like, oh, this is going to be seven different little menu taxes. No, <laughs> you just pull up the sentences yes. and read them. Um, it's also worth talking to people who are not uh, proper nouns because they hide funny stuff in there. We uh-huh. mentioned that a little bit in the generalities, but there's also a character running around Circus Minor who keeps saying like, I am a regular human child. <laughs> when you talk to them <laughs> it's just really cute like, I, I think that's it. very funny yeah like um, mm, don't get much more standard than me yeah but just like <laughs> children enjoy candy and i do too <laughs> unprompted you know like, <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny like when this game decides to be funny it is it is funny <laughs> yeah. oh man uh but i went and talked to the uh, cult of the changing god yep uh, even uh, though I had Callistage answer. with me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and even if you go to the, if you immediately go to the Order of Truth, they will send you back here. Yes. Uh, this is Critical Path stuff. And Callistage yeah. will just be like, you know, oh, I was wrong. Like, it's it's pretty refreshing for it just to be like, huh, shit. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, but um, the leaders are kind of standing in the, uh, in the uh, shadow of this very large contraption, this huge purple and gold thing that is a, uh, it's a clock. That the changing God built. Uh, one of the reasons why the changing God is so notable in this particular place is he marshaled the forces to defend this when mm-hmm. some guy named Tyrannicus or whatever uh, <laughs> tried to take it over. The Tabat. Uh, the Tabat, it, yes. This, this force of like, you know, monster people. Yes. Like evil yeah. soldiers trying to take it over and he was leading. Yeah. So uh, this the, the, the founding myth of this town is, you know, changing God, good guy. Yes. Even though whenever the cast off show up or he shows up, trouble also happens in their way oh yes yeah they're they're also trouble mm-hmm. uh so we had to do this kind of you know they want us to fix the clock and get it working um there are these little stones around the edge which you can see memories these different time periods of the same place mm-hmm. and lock them in and once you do you go check out the clock you get teleported into the mine labyrinth um where three castoffs uh who are trapped by the clock trapped in the clock by the chain uh. of god are trapped inside your brain yeah 
uh, he had brought them along, just saying like, "All right, you're my old, bo- my old bodies. Uh, come mm-hmm. and work for me." Uh, but then he figured, "Oh, these are probably going to be dangerous," so he just trapped them in the in the time realm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is uh, still part of character creation. You're choosing mm-hmm. a focus here based on these three different castoffs, these different examples you can have. Uh, once you do so, uh, a sorrow fragment pops up and kicks you out. And now that we've done this problem for the cult, they can say, hey, we don't know how to fix the residence chamber, but there's another cast off who's hanging around. And this assassin named Matkina uh, lives in the underbelly. Uh, she might be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, she's kind of a local local boogeyman. Uh, yes. They call her the White Shadow. Yes. Uh, she's an assassin. Mm-hmm. She kills. Um, there are side quests we can do mm-hmm. here. Boy, are uh, they. Let's talk about them. <laughs> let's do. Uh, one of the first people you can see kind of down at the south of this area uh, is a sculptor who is set up in a little booth uh, in the market. His name is mm-hmm. Zayofi, um, and he is carving fucked up statues of what you recognize as the sorrow uh, going after uh, going after one of its victims, uh, killing yep. it horribly. And you think like, oh, I can talk to you and I can describe what the what the sorrow is like. I've seen it. He's like, no, no, I know that. I just don't. I need to know more about the victim uh, that I'm uh, the, 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 that I'm channeling here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you follow leads uh, in this. We're going to say that a bunch like you tides of Numenera. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's not obnoxious. It, it's not like, oh, you know, go ask this person. Well, that person's going to say, go ask this person. Yeah, it's usually just go go do the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to go to another section of town called Cliffside, which is a section of town that's literally disappearing uh, yep. onto a cliffside. Yep, uh, there. <laughs> um, and uh, look at these ruins. This forms a new reflection in the labyrinth. Sometimes when we see things in the real world, it causes a ghost version of it to live in our mind brain. Yeah. Uh, so we have to go there. The way to go into the mind labyrinth is to die. Uh-huh. This or game, you can talk to... to a nice lady who has uh, calming pheromones that she can put you into a trance. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it's There's different ways to go there depending on which uh, zone you're in, <laughs> yep. which is really interesting. Like, you have to find the way to kill yourself or go into a trance. <laughs> my, um, my favorite so far is just me constantly drinking from this puddle of electric orange goo. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the bloom goo. The uh, Yeah, it's really good. Like, if, if you, like, I love when you, you drink the goo and then you, you go to drink it again. It's like, hey, I'm already got the goo. Should I really drink more goo? And yeah. if you do, you die. Yeah, I just, just picturing, like, my guy, the last cast off, dropping to his hands and knees and the other companions yeah. just trying to wrestle him up. Like, no. <laughs> I can't. Tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's like the orange drink that they thought was lava. it's rich with wasabi uh when we talk to this uh this person in the labyrinth uh in our brain labyrinth uh she tells us the sorrow drove her father to kill himself uh after his daughter died their home collapsed uh then she blows up into blood so we can go back and tell (laughs) yeah yeah like uh, you know, uh, the, like the details of their relationship are real cool. Like he he knew that she was going to die, uh, mm-hmm. like ahead of it, and so like didn't get terribly invested in her. And so like this memory of her, which knows that she is a reflection. Like I am not the actual person. I am this. I am this concept. Like I feel the alienation of mm-hmm. uh, of this. And so it is kind of a mercy when she explodes into a comical gout, like yeah. gout of blood. <laughs> yeah, when she gets. <laughs> Uh, did you talk to the adopted kid? No, 
Oh man, because uh, I, I noticed that was on the, on the list. Uh, one of my favorites here in, in Circus Minor is there's a set of parents who are watching a kid. Oh shit! And, I did talk to them. Yeah, yeah there we yeah. go. They were they were uh, trying him out. Like they took him on a trial run. Well, he's uh, the the you have to kind of so there's this kid running around. And he's like, oh, "That's our boy. We just adopt him." You talk to the kid and he starts using slang you never heard oh yeah he's like you're pretty nice for a shove and you're like what the fuck's yeah. a shove they're like you know yep. people who shove people like adults, adults they shove you yeah yeah uh and he starts referring to areas that aren't there and you by going back and forth and talking to them you find out uh he's from the past because oh. there's like a thing called uh it's like the gate of empty time okay uh and it is uh it's related to a few different quests you can do uh in this but it's this permanent fixture here and parents if they can't take care of their children, they send them to a different time period oh. and, and hope that they get adopted. There's a lady <laughs> who stewards it in the government square, but like you can basically just send children to the future. Uh, uh -huh. And then she's there and she brokers like with people to send people into the future or take children who come out of it uh, <sighs> into the, into uh, parenthoods and stuff. And it's like a secret. The couple doesn't want anyone to know. And you can say like, later oh. we were into a secret broker. Uh, and I, I didn't narc on them because like, they seemed really good uh -huh. and it's really sweet. The kid who was adopted wants to go back to his real parents who gave him up. He doesn't know. He doesn't really know what's going on. He's like, yeah, I try to laugh extra loud. So my parents, these new people can hear me. Yeah. Like I want to make them hear it, you know, so they, they feel good uh -huh. and stuff. It's very sweet and sad. Yeah. Uh, this gate can be uh, tied into a couple other quests that you can do, Huh. but it's a super neat idea. Like, <laughs> yeah, you just send kids in the gate. Future yeah. parents raise them. I, I mean, I figured because everything was just uh, like a like a too cute word for for, yeah. for whatever it was. I just figured he was telling me uh, uh, kind of just local slang. Like, oh yeah, I would believe that urchins in this town would call adults shovas. Yeah, it's your first. Fine. It's your first urchin. Yeah, you know, it's it's just uh, it's a weird. It might be tied into perception. How okay, it works like you when you talk to the parents, you can see that they're lying. Yeah, uh, yeah about it and stuff but it's such a cool i love the the empty time uh, yeah thing it's, it's a super cool concept is th it's, this is different than the, the than the endless gate right yes the endless okay. gate is the bad version of it fucking nouns we're in fucking noun city man i never expected when i started this job that it would eventually end with us declaring war on a whole part of speech <laughs> the, the, uh, it just <laughs> like persons places and things can all lick my bridge man it's it's <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um but yeah it's a it, it's it's a cool little short story and the reason why i cut you off is because it ties into this next one it's one of the potential ends for uh the next quest that you have here on the list uh beloved slave oh. yes uh so there's a slaver uh kind of down in the southeast of this place her name is toll mcgurr <laughs> saying these out loud it's like tim and eric it's stuff. awful I, it's yeah. just... <laughs> hi my name is tom mcgurr tom mcgurr <laughs> the, the i know i'm not a cartoon hillbilly dog i'm a slaver you see <laughs> there's uh, there, there's a fun guess so the show community does a, a couple of different D, &D episodes mm -hmm. uh, and abed the uh, kind of meta character he 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 uh, is the dm uh in all of mm -hmm. them uh but uh and he hands out pre-made characters but he says I'm terrible at naming people, and it is mm -hmm. all names like Tolmagur. One of them is just <laughs> one of them is just Mar. 
<laughs> a bunch of R's. <laughs> I'm Mar. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so this, this this guy's a slaver, or this lady's a slaver. Uh-huh. Uh, and she says, hey, I'll give you some information if you find one of my slaves uh, who ran off to Cliff's Edge. Um, so you do this. You go and you find, uh, hiding in this place, you find the slave. This is Rin. Um, you find her in these ruins, and these tufts kind of come up, these slave hunters. Yeah. Kind of come up. They they were sticking out to see if anybody would find her. Mm-hmm. Do their work uh, for them. You scare them off or fight them. Yeah, I, I, I can. I can. I convince them that uh, that Tolmagur hired me because they were taking too long. Yeah. Oh, shucks. <laughs> um, when you return to Tolmagur, uh, we learn that Tolmagur is also a castoff. Uh, castoffs all have a tattoo. Yes. On their head, but some people cover it up because uh, castoffs don't always have a great reputation. Yeah. Um, and this cat, this castoff uses Rin specifically. Rin has these powers to control her tides. Yes. Uh, she can channel her tidal energy into Rin, which hurts mm-hmm. Rin, but it stops her from being uh, hurting everyone around her. Yes. Um, just kind of being this corrosive for force. Right. Um, you know, if you're an absolute monster, you can be like, yeah, here's Rin. Uh, here. <laughs> um, it's worth talking about Rin. This is this again. This is the, the premier NPC to me in this game. Yeah. Um, you, if you convince her or buy, you can buy Rin, you can convince uh, her that Rin is going to no longer be effective, like she, because she's getting older and stuff. Mm-hmm. Rin joins your party. Uh, Rin is a little girl and not a little girl in the Joss Whedon sense. Like she just has shitty stats. I mm-hmm. uh, can't do a lot, but she takes up a full party member slot. Yeah. Um, you can, if you want, you can divest yourself of Rin. Uh, you can give her to the slaver. If you don't want to do the evil ending, you can send her through that gate yeah. and have her be adopted. She doesn't want to go. She trusts you, but she'll go, you know, right. and you can get rid of her. In. Otherwise, though, you basically handicap yourself for a while to have a character having a, a character who is not as efficacious as yeah. some of the other characters. She can't like even if you give her items, I've like she can't use them, so she can't be like a little item mule. Uh, I've, but she can I've be found. a cipher cipher mule. She can't use be yes. a, a fighter mule. She can't um, do healing and stuff. She's mm-hmm. really good with ciphers. She has yeah. a good cipher limit, and she eventually gets abilities that uh, lead into this. Yeah, you know, she gets an ability that's very powerful where she can use it, and then it won't use up a cipher, so you mm-hmm. can reuse them, things like that. Yeah, she gets a heal. She becomes really good. Or yeah. reasonable, still very fragile, very hard yeah. to keep alive. Will never do combat damage. What it's asking you to do in terms of taking on this very real gameplay concern, and it's difficult. You have to keep a child alive for the whole game. Yeah. Is paid off when you complete her quest. Yes, uh, in a way that I find really satisfying. That we'll talk about next episode. It's a Magikarp kind of thing. She's a total Magikarp. Yes, uh, and she's also just like a really great like sweet character. Like she's a really great moral compass. Yeah. Like generally if Ren doesn't want you to do something, you shouldn't do it. Cause it fucking sucks. <laughs> right. Like you don't want to disappoint Ren. I mean, like, like right down to, you know, so if you decide, Oh, I'm going to kill Tolma Gurr, you know, so she's a, she's a mm-hmm. slaver. Like if you, like if you select that option, we'll say, no, like don't kill yeah. a person, you, you know, like just, uh, she, she kind of abhors, you know, <laughs> violence like oh yeah just like don't kill a person in front of me i'm a child please yeah, yeah, yeah. Slavers, slavers slavers gotta go come on yeah slavers in this game are interesting too you run into a couple of different ones and it's not fallout slavery yeah. um slavery in this game typically the idea is it's something you can do 
instead of being executed and you work it off. Like it's a limited sentence. Yeah. It's like yeah. what you do instead of jail. It's, you know, Ro- it's Roman style slavery, not chattel slavery like we had in America. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which I'm not saying like you got to hand it to him. I'm no, I don't just, think owning people is good. It, it I just, is. It, yeah, it's worth it, a distinction worth drawing. Yeah, it, it, it is a distinction. They, they, they are different, different things. Uh, um, Rin is, yes, sweet, like just by nature of mm-hmm. being a little girl. Also, she's got some peculiarities to her. She has a prominent head wound. Yep. Uh, and she carries around a rock that she talks to. Uh, and she believes that it is uh, a god. Yes, uh, she can this, craft uh, gods. Yes. Okay, this uh, is and, all. Yeah. Yeah, all. Uh, and by talking to her, uh, you kind of very early on determine, oh, she's not from here. She describes kind of this idyllic life that she lived in a place where it it it, it, it sounds very much like South Asia, where there were just gods of the house. Like mm-hmm. there, there were there were just gods of, you know, particular particular domestic things like everybody had a god. You know, this the, this god, you know, that I have is my rock. This is, you know, this is what I have here as a personality. I can talk to it. Right. Yep. So, you know, so she has this head wound. She doesn't necessarily remember where she is. And there's an incredible dissonance, uh, like when you point out um, contradictions in the stories that she tells you. Right. You can say, oh, those times don't line up. She really doesn't like that. Yes. Uh, she is for funny Easter egg purposes. If you are a king killer person, she is from a continent that is not very well explored in those books. OK. She, this is a canonical crossover. Uh, she huh. went through a realm or a portal because anything is possible in Tides of Numenera. Uh, it's not a world that shows up in those books very often. It's a world that's like mentioned or a continent that's mentioned in those books, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So I've never read them, but that's what I read about her. Cool. Um, she's great. And we'll talk about her more as she comes up. Yeah. Um, not so great. A character I don't mm-hmm. very much enjoy. Uh, we can do this quest called Stay of Execution. Uh, there is a like a, a, a gallows set up here or like a mm-hmm. uh, you know a, a, a public execution grounds uh set up and you know there's a crowd gathered uh and there is uh what what are those uh what are the uh guards the fake people the oh, uh those are called they're not fettles they're not lamarcks <laughs> they're uh i don't i don't man i i don't remember right now um, yeah. levies <laughs> there we go they're i levies. just i just scroll down to see the levy yeah. ran dry yeah. 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 Uh, and there Bounds. is a person. <laughs> there's a person uh, dressed very garishly there, uh, named Tybear. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know he kind of kind of calls you over. Uh, you talk to him. He's this retired soldier, mm-hmm. uh, and he says, "Hey, uh, the person that they're about to execute, uh, he's a friend of mine. Uh, it's a bad rap. Uh, he can't. Uh, he can't be allowed uh, to to be killed. Do you want to help me?" Um, I need somebody who can impersonate a city official and get a, uh, uh, get, get a stay of execution. You know, we can forge the stay of execution for his friend, Riss, uh, who is being, uh, you know, is up there, uh, yeah. the, you know, the, the man of the hour. There are a couple of different ways of doing this. You can, uh, either do Tiber's plan. You can mm-hmm. also convince the crowd that's here, yeah. uh, doing a series of uh, persuasion checks, convince them to turn against the levy and then the levy will think better of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you either go in, you know, Tides of Numenera it up 
to go get this uh, fake it, badge. It is very funny because you go to this uh, this the, this city clerk or whatever, mm-hmm. and you have Tiber with you, and you say like, "Hey, you know, I need this particular. You know, I'm I'm a new I'm a new guy at the city. You can you can see my badge here or what have you that I uh, forged to mm-hmm. get." And Tiber gets the paper they wants, and he starts doing the forgery right in front of him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like like you got terrible judgment, dude. Uh, yeah. Turns out he's a, he's a Lando Calrissian. Yeah, he, he's he's very much like a Lando Han guy. Yeah. Uh, when you go save uh, Riss, um, we find out they have a history. Uh, Tiber kind of lured him into a dirty job. Tiber's a con man. Uh-huh. Uh, didn't pay him and took off. And the reason why he's helping, uh, Riss says, is because uh, there's this thing called the Devourer of Wrongs. Uh, <laughs> this creature from this cult we're going to meet later uh-huh. who eat people. Uh, and when they eat people, they find out everything about them. It's like um, a uh, it's like a post death trial. It's a post mortem trial that yes. always reveals the truth about them. Yeah. Yes, they'll know everything about them. Um, yeah. And this would, uh, you know, show Tiber's involvement. So uh, Tiber can have that. Tiber says no. Like I just, you know, what was I supposed to do? If I didn't escape, I wouldn't be able to help you out of this. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. it's left ambiguous. Uh, Riss swears revenge. Yeah. Um, I in either of my playthroughs, I haven't used very much of Tiber. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is that kind of devil may care, like, you know, Han character, which I don't care for that much. Yeah. Uh, he's also, uh, unrelentingly horny. Um, That's the he, thing. He, he talks yeah. about going to orgies all the time and I got rim <laughs> in my party. I don't know. <laughs> I can't have that. Like I'll, I will take the good, sweet, pure little girl over yeah. the orgy maniac con man. Please. Um, also, he just lines up with the kind of character that I would like to play. That's true too. too. He's also like yeah. mechanically the same thing I am. So it doesn't make any sense. Uh, His story is cool. Uh, You know, when you get there and you find out like what he's been through and stuff, there's depth Mm -hmm. Uh, to him. It's there's not so much of a concept to him. Like there is with, you know, a Calistage or, or an Eretus or a Rin. Uh, So I've never found a place for him, but it's, it's not awful or anything. There's, I've read uh, some of his dialogue and some of his quest stuff and there are funny lines and everything. Mm -hmm. I just have never been that interested. Yeah. There, the, the, there are higher higher cards to take from that deck, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, another quest here uh, is borrowed and lost, kind of on the other side of the uh, bazaar. There, there are these two merchants, uh, one of whom only writes, uh, and mm-hmm. the other only speaks in narration. <laughs> so, yes. uh, it, it, like, just it'll, it, just, it will be like the normal, uh, you know, just third person omniscient narration that you get uh, in the stage direction kind of stuff. But she is just saying it, yes. <laughs> Which is I always, I always enjoy that. It's uh, cute, and your, your character I, will react to it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, as, as you walk up, there's like, oh, you know, it was amazing what nerve he had coming to us when he still has not given back this book that he borrowed 10 years ago. No. Tides of cancer. <laughs> um, the bookman wants you to return. <laughs> you and your good time buddies. It's <laughs> <laughs> coffee. You buy it. You put it in the cabinet. Yeah. You don't think about it. <laughs> God, I love that scene so fucking much. It, it, is, it is arguably one of the, the, the funniest episodes of Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, the uh, you find this later. Uh, this is something your sire did. Uh, you find yeah, this in yeah. the Changing God's Sanctum. You return it. She lets you uh, borrow another book, um, which will just influence your alignment, which doesn't have very much mechanical effect. Uh-huh. But you it's do also get some experience. It's also valuable. You can sell it. It's just yeah. a, it's an oddity uh, in the game's cl- or, uh, classification of items. A weird thing about the classification of items: we, um, oddities. Uh, a lot of them you can use instead uh-huh. of selling. They're not really. Uh, 
it's not a clear demarcation between oddity and artifact. So it's always worth checking yeah. your oddities to see if they can be used yeah. before you sell them. It's um, just almost always like a more minor effect. It's like a, like a geek awe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'll get permanent status and stuff from them. Hmm. Like a, a lot of the times you just have to know to use them. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. Like that Pez dispenser will, will put out two Pezes that permanently increase your intellect by one mm-hmm. each oh, wow. later. Um, but it looks like just an oddity. Like you would just yeah, sell. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's worth noting the amount of experience you get for this. Um, almost every quest gives you 40. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because it takes 160 to level up. So okay. at a very steady clip, it's four quests to level up. Yeah. Uh, for, for the, almost the whole game. Nice. Um, another uh, quest here is Belazar and the Beast. Uh, there's this man named Belazar uh, who wants you to help him uh, steal this uh, Nick Terimarin. Nick Themerin. Nick Themerin, yeah. Nick Themerin, which is this big tentacle squid thing that's in a cage in town. Um, You can talk to the two guys who caught it, and they're very funny. Uh, This is is legitimately good. Um, They've captured this thing, and they're just like, yeah, we just figured, you know, we're going to go do something with it. We just figured we'd bring it to this populated town. Yeah. Uh, These are big artificial machine squids that store knowledge, but if they're under daylight, they're mm-hmm. like ravenous murder machines that can kill you in one hit, basically. <laughs> it seems like a very impractical, like I've got for, I don't know, 70 bucks, a four terabyte um, uh, the portable hard drive that does yep. not attack me under daylight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can. So this Bela, Belazar guy is a member of the, uh, the Order of Truth here. Mm-hmm. If you go to the clock uh, and do the clock thing with the change of God, it will turn town to night. At night, you can talk to Nick Themeron, uh, and when you uh, talk to it, uh, you can find out, like, it does not want to be uh, enslaved. No. So instead of using the device that the guy did to give it to him, um, you can uh, help it escape, and then it ends up being part of your mind palace. Oh. Uh, there. And he lives in your brain, and you get a perk uh, called Nick Themeron Defense, which is useful for the whole game. Uh, if anyone lands a hit on you, they get a random negative status effect. Huh. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I totally teleported him to the beach where I assembled a crew to go beat him to death. <laughs> with hammers. Me and my friends would kill E.T. with a hammer. I tell you that much. Um, there, there are, uh, one thing this game does consistently is even throughout the whole game, there are a lot of different ways to do each quest. Yeah. Which I really yeah. like. Like, and it, it's, a lot of it is behind the scenes. It's not just saying like, hey, want help monster, want kill monster. Mm-hmm. Uh it's your there are dice rolls that happen invisibly like you might not notice that it can speak unless you your perception gets a good roll that happens right. and you didn't even roll that it just happened uh uh-huh. you yeah. know or you or you reach a threshold or something but it's it's a neat <laughs> idea that like this can happen a lot of different ways yeah uh so if you decide to teleport it to the beach it is this freestanding uh menace that mm-hmm. if you approach it it will attempt to kill you uh because it's daytime um and uh it's really high level for this point in the game like they just a, a guide that i looked at said yeah go go after it when you're tier two uh which i didn't get until you know later uh, you know just before i left but uh what you can do is you can get help uh i know that there is at least one npc that you can find in the underbelly the place we're about to go um <laughs> to uh to, to basically say like hey do you want to go kill something cool uh, and you do it. The, the it, Don Quixote guy would probably do it as well. 
Oh yeah. You I, I sicked him on other people, but I bet you they give you an option. Yeah. This is the, sick him on this. The one in the underbelly is cool because you um uh kind of talk to her and she goes back and forth between talking like uh like a little girl and like talking like barbarian queen of the of the waste, you know, something <laughs> like that. Just like a big strong lady who, you know, just sometimes when she says something, it's like rah, you know, Hulk speak kind of stuff. And it turns out this is a construct. Uh, that is made that that's that somebody made and sent like like pilots remotely the the person who is controlling her is the daughter of the person who made it who is basically playing around after hours like that's oh my, my my dad isn't yeah. around to you know to like pilot this you know this this contract that we sent out to do business like oh shit man yeah i i, I definitely want to get into a fight with this let's do it <laughs> the uh the kid there's uh i met her but you by that point i had taken care of the nick thimmeron yeah uh, you know but just the idea that like there are multiple people you can go get help for this yeah. is really cool like those kind of uh, edge cases and interdependencies are why this genre is good. Uh huh. You know, uh, it's it's a cool thing you can do. Love it. Yeah. Uh, later, you can run into one as well. If you even if you save this one, uh, there's uh-huh. just a freestanding one later. Oh, a, th- a freestanding um, Nexemeron. Yeah. Nice. Uh, or at least there was for me, um, who was wandering around the uh, grave of fallen heroes or dead heroes. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Yeah, it might be the same one. And the one I oh. had in my head was a mind palace one. A, a reflection. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, a reflection. That that makes sense. So yeah, you yeah. can you can punt this guy to later, I guess. I didn't kill him <laughs> because I wanted to if like one, uh, they're tough. But two, uh, if it was the same one, I didn't want to kill the one in my head because it was giving me a good bonus. I know, right? Yeah. Um, can't, can't, can't help that it rages when it's under the sun. Yeah, who doesn't? Tired orb. <laughs> Fucking sucks. So the main quest is called the cold calculating Jack uh, here. And we have to go find this Matt Kina uh, person. So we go to the, uh, the underbelly there um, and the people there point you to this man named Mapper. Uh, Mapper's skin is covered with changing tattoos that reflect places he's been. Yeah. Uh, and he might know where to find Matt Kina, but we need to do something for him first. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, there there are like there is one place where he has not been uh, in the city. He knows that uh, he has heard of the sanctum for the uh, for the changing god. Uh, help him find this place, and we can, uh, uh, and and then he'll tell us what, what you know what, where to find Matkina because yes. obviously he's mapped it. He's he's mapped the place where she's hiding. Yeah, um, it's his there- name. <laughs> yeah. There are a couple of different ways to do this, both of which involve these creatures called the Stitcher. Hmm. Uh, these things, and it ties into other quests too. It's another thing I like about this game Mm -hmm. is that the quests will interconnect. Yes. Uh, in multiple ways. So the, Mm -hmm. the stitcher are these, uh, humanoid things. Their skin is all covered with this chitin and they tunnel through here and they're sentient, but they're not really neighbors. Right. Right. Um, somebody who's sent from the, the government here named Ply is sent to negotiate with them to stop digging because they're digging under this and weakening the foundations under cliffside. Yeah. Uh, here, which we've been to before, upstairs where the city is literally falling into a cliff. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she says, they won't listen to me, uh, steal their eggs. And I'm going to use that as bargaining, uh, thing, which you can do. You can uh-huh. sneak into the stitch layer and take the eggs. You can also, uh, learn how to speak stitcher, yeah. uh, and then talk to them and convince them to stop. So they don't provoke a war. Yeah. Uh, so like- you can, you can bargain with them like hey go 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 tunnel elsewhere uh they're, they're tunneling to find stuff to eat they don't eat the rock mm-hmm. they're tunneling and finding um batteries uh they yes. eat the electricity is what it is um sparks. Uh, yeah there's a uh there's a skill that you take uh that is specifically about uncovering uh uh anamnesis. skills and yeah a- anamnesis uh which is uh, uh uncovering uh things from previous iterations of the changing god that's the uh the skill that you have to pass like oh i i knew how to talk to these guys in a previous uh in a, in a previous iteration so can i connect to that and then you talk to it and it's like real surprised like wait a minute you're yeah. making sense you're not hitting me uh and yeah. definitely not stealing their eggs yeah um, and they're they're not baby or anything like either they don't they don't really consider humans right you know they're, they're uh they're and this ties into a quest with another one of these that we'll talk about when we talk about cliffside yeah quests Mm-hmm. But it all connects in a cool way. Um, knowing this is one way to get here. Uh, mm-hmm. Knowing him and making this bargain with him, he uh, will take you there if you give him money. Yeah, he yeah. basically acts as like a, a cab. There's another way to get there as well. Um, with the uh, in a corner, there is a dead Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to the uh, the foreman in this underforge here that keeps like the city hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, using the power of tables is this <laughs> robot guy and you can talk to him and be like, I need a digging thing. And he yeah. can say, well, we can build one of those with the body of a stitcher. You can build a robot stitcher that will dig you anywhere. Yeah. Uh, that you can also use to kind of to fast travel and stuff, or you can negotiate with the, the stitcher, but there's yeah. multiple ways you can have your own taxi or you can, you can do this one. Yeah. Or, or, or you can just abomination one together yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You can, you can build a Frankenstein yeah. of this, uh, steal the eggs. You have a lot of different options. Yeah. Um, the reason why you might go to the egg tunnel is even if you're not stealing eggs is it connects to the, uh, the buried crossroads, which was one of the workshops, yes. uh, the, the, the changing God's sanctum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the place that the mapper wanted you to find. Uh, you get in here and the entire chamber has like this, uh, it's under this huge mural of the, uh, the sorrow. Um, mm-hmm. And there is this device made of mirrors and lenses uh, kind of prominently in front of the entrance there. Uh, classic Numenera reading descriptions of these machines and messing around with um, the different parts of it to see what happens. Yeah. It feels a little bit like uh, uh, you like donuts do you, but for um, Riven. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing you know like I, like filling figuring out an alien machine is something that i i i see the appeal of uh-huh like i like it i don't want to do it as often as i have to in this game you know yeah. it's not something where i'm like you like figuring out alien machines do you you know here's all the alien machines in the multiverse yeah and and he, uh, here's them described crudely with text at least in yeah. Riven, it's beautifully designed objects yeah. and and manipulating it in real you know physically is is different than right. having a mind's eye of which button you just pressed yeah you know <laughs> um so you interact with the, these mirrors you get different results um there's a combat encounter with these like akibos things that pop out yeah. uh, which are like tide monsters Mm-hmm. Um, you can get teleported out, which is a pain in the ass. You have to yep. walk back. <laughs> um, in a, a, a pretty blatant torment, a Planescape torment Easter egg, you get a Ron sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to being gross and smelling bad, this is how you uh, do manage party management. 
Yeah. Um, it's an artifact that you can use to teleport party members to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the things you can do here, and this was patched into the game, so depending on when you played it, you maybe didn't have this. Um, if you mess with it, uh, it can kill you, and you meet uh, a companion they add, the seventh companion, Oom, yeah. uh, who is literally the a cast-off in his blob. Like, it, okay, so you're not saying that Oob is a cast off. This no, is no, the no, but blob. it turns the okay. game into a cast off in his blob. Like it is a boy yes. in his blob style ass blob. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like a little, it's like a little pet, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the I, I have not rolled with Oom, but I've read a little bit about it. It's like, oh yeah, you just like, oh, you wrapped, you wrapped, it wrapped itself around your leg. That's weird. Like, oh, we just wanted a hug. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like a dog leaning his shoulder against you. Just, yeah. Oom is sweet. Yeah, uh, I fucked around with Oom um for a while. Uh, in this, the uh, Oom um is a creature that comes from the realm that originated tides, so it is uh, tied to the tides. Okay, um, it has a, ma- a major connection to a character that I don't want to spoil uh, uh-huh. in this. But the reason why you take Oom um with you is to learn about tides and strengthen your connection to tides. Uh, and it is a, it almost feels like an answer to like our criticism that like tides don't matter that much mm-hmm. because um depending on what alignments you have you can change um yeah. um um will take on different powers depending on what your dominant alignment is mm-hmm. um and um uh um's kind of signature passive ability is to give up its action move slot in a crisis to wrap itself like armor around a character mm-hmm. which will give that character passive bonuses depending on what the title alignment yeah um has giving up a character slot for that when it is it, not verbal is weird. Yeah. It, and, and cannot do mental tasks has right. like a, a intellect status very low. I can see doing it in a game where you don't have Ren with you. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because having two deadweight characters is too much. You know, yeah. having one is, is actually pretty doable in this, but having two is a little bit, a lot, a little bit, a mm-hmm. lot. Um, the, uh, the other thing is you learn about Um's backstory Whenever you learn something new about the tides, you can check in with Um, and Um's backstory is incredibly tragic. Uh, um was the changing god found Um mm-hmm. uh, as the last of Um's world, and basically tortured it for millennia uh-huh. uh, to learn about the tides. Uh, yeah. and it it is again. I cannot stress this enough, baby. <laughs> like it it is very cute, uh, and this is a very monstrous act. Like it's it's. You know, what if what if the practical incarnation just kicked a puppy every day for like 10 years? You know, it's like <laughs> it, was, what this is. it was the same puppy. It was yeah. always a puppy and he it was, kicked yeah. it every day. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's sad. <laughs> so uh, once you've explored this place, you can return to Mapper uh, and he mm-hmm. tells you where Makina is. Uh, she's in this old thieves hideout called the Cave of Last Words uh, and whatever uh, Stitcher uh, you found mm-hmm. will take you there. Yep. Uh, she's not like the founder. Uh, she does have that information, but she asks for a favor. Yeah. Um, she introduces the idea of mirror casters. Uh, mirror casters are things that castoffs have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're objects that allow you to go into their brain, uh, similar to the, 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 I can't remember what they're called in uh, Planescape Torment. But the, uh, when you do this in Planescape Torment as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You learn a memory and you do a choose your own adventure. Yeah. Uh, here. Uh, specifically you're going in and you need to, uh, resolve this, uh, basically a crisis that, uh, that Makina was involved in, uh, along with some other, uh, cast off specifically, uh, uh, Tash, Tash, uh, was, was the name of this guy. 
um, and uh, uh, it's related to this flute uh, that uh, w- you know, belonged to this village that they were looking to get a hold of. Except they don't call it a flute; they call it a jock because of nouns. Yeah, uh, you go into the past, uh, and since during this incident out in the desert around this village, uh, you go to this vault to get the flute, um, and it's a little text adventure. Yeah. Um, there are stats and stat checks that can happen, like your your pools mm-hmm. up during this. Um, and you can do uh, different things here. And the big reveal here, depending on how this ends, uh, is that you can actually change the past. Yep. They warn you off this when you're there. They're like, oh, you know, don't fuck things up too much. Reality will resist you. Um, <laughs> if you do this, depending on how you do it, uh, you will fix Matkina's memories, give her memories mm-hmm. back, make yeah. her not a victim of this thing. The, the characters in this are important characters mm-hmm. uh, who you find out later. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to cop to the idea that like, I cannot bonfire side chat tides of Numenera. Um, <laughs> the, the, it is just too much for yeah. me. Uh, so the reading all of these, uh, mirror casters and remembering all of these goofy fucking fantasy names and their relations to each other is yeah. beyond me. Yeah. Uh, at this point in my life as a 42 year old man, <laughs> like I can't, uh, but this is important to backstory, I guess is my, mm-hmm. my only point of, of bringing that up. Like it's yeah. not superfluous. It's just, it's backstory. It's back matter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I fucked this up, like not intentionally. I just, you know, <laughs> I think that maybe I was just at the, at the end of a day. So I didn't have the, uh, the stat pool that I needed mm-hmm. to, uh, to resolve things, uh, to resolve things in this. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, just you know, end up failing, and then uh, Tash instead of you know killing Makina and abandoning her, ab- abandoning her. All of the castoffs have kind of the same kind of immortality that you do. Uh, he sacrificed himself uh, to save her, uh, yeah. and this mends these holes in Makina's memories. You know, she had been uh, kind of hiding out on this bad choice road, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. having been this having been this assassin, and you have done her a great favor by going in there and uh, messing with that. Uh, so she she helps you out. She says, uh-huh. uh, the person who can help you, uh, is this cast-off named Mazoff, is living in Miel Avast, Avast, which is a sanctuary for cast-offs. Mm-hmm. Um, to get to it, you have to go through this necropolis in the Valley of Dead Heroes. And she gives you the numbers, uh, 3431. Yeah. Um, uh, you which can, we're gonna... She can join you at this point. Yep. Uh, she's a companion. She's a really uh, good companion, like statistically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I took her my first playthrough. Uh, in this playthrough, I switched uh, to Cast Castellage instead. Yeah, but um, yeah, she's cool, mm-hmm. uh, useful. Yeah, assassin, uh, assassin, uh, real high, uh, r- r- real high quickness. Uh, yes. which is useful when you go south of the cave there uh there is a, a cliff that uh, you can climb up and it has a really high uh, difficulty uh, for quickness and mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, if uh, I tried, I tried going up and I fell and took some damage and I was like, okay, let's get, uh, let's, let's get Makina on this. Uh, if you try and, cl- if you try and climb down this, you end up jumping and dying. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very, it's like, you, you'll say like, oh, it's a long way down. Uh, where are you climbing to man? Uh, yeah, you get up to the top. There's this device, uh, this teleporter device. Uh, it will not take you to Miel Avest, but it will teleport you around. Mm-hmm. Um, and functions as a kind of fast travel. It activates these devices that have been in the different uh, zones of this hub yeah. and activates them so you can shoot around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which uh, is useful for talking about the side quest. Yeah. If you want to. The wanna, bulk of this. Like, we've done the main wanna, quest. Yeah. 
uh, kind of jump around because we we know like we know who can help us um uh fix up the resonance chamber and we can look for passage if this teleporter is not going to work uh but uh there's still so much left to do yep uh and you want to uh, not just because uh, you want the mechanical rewards and you need to level up and be more powerful, but this game's value is primarily through telling you short stories. Mm-hmm. And this is how you get them. Yeah. Um, so in the underbelly, which we just were at, which is like the furnace that powers this, uh, you know, powered by by robots or controlled by robots. Uh, the first uh, side quest we run into is Circles in Red. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this mob boss named Folsom who uh, knows who you are. He's looking for a person who killed one of his protégés. Uh, Weedle, uh, before he can evolve, and uh, the uh, once, this he's is a, one of the, once he's a Kakuna is useless to me. It's over. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, layabouts. Um, this is uh, one of the quests that changes with rest. So uh-huh. as this is happening, like there's a serial killer on the loose. Every time you rest, they take a new victim, and if you rest too many times while trying to do this, they will jet. Yeah, uh, and it'll, it'll ruin it. Uh, I think that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Some people are made very nervous. Uh, by that i like that consequence and i really like how it plays with the tension of how stat pools work in the early game of this yes like it complicates the decision not only do i need to see if i can gather up enough money to to rest i need to know whether i can waste the time Mm -hmm. uh, because people might die yeah and it is uh gameplay and story consonants right mm-hmm. like oh yeah if if there's a serial killer on the loose who kills every night sleeping is a is an irresponsible act there there's yep. a consequence to that yeah. yep a, a thing that video games very rarely do yes uh you know actual pride or urgency yeah. um akina will give you a hint about this um and say that circle that was painted by the uh the crime scene was most likely created by an offshoot of the uh the children of the endless gate uh which is an offshoot uh, of the cannibal cult, uh, the yes. death eaters or something. I can't remember what they're called exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are related to execution. It's this cult of people who believe that to, you know, every life and every set of memories is sacred. When we eat corpses, we gain those memories. We're maintaining them. And then somebody yes. eats me and they get those memories as well. And we're all human hard drives right? for, for this shit. The only way to properly honor the dead for them to live on is in my tummy. One of the things I love when you go into their, their little uh, round, empty round room, they all stand around <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, uh, to talk to him is how charismatic the leader is. Oh yeah. He's great. I, I love this. He's, he's just like, like his teeth are all brown and gross and he's this like cadaverously skin, you know, lich character, skin uh-huh. lich character, but he's real nice uh-huh. and everybody likes him. Uh, it, it's real funny. What he does uh, is un- knows him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. what he does is unpleasant, but he is not an unpleasant man. Not and at all. like n- neither is the, neither is this cult a- endless gate. Fuck them. But like these yeah. guys who are just going around eating bodies, whatever, <laughs> are mostly God. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they uh, he gives you permission to interview them. You question them, and they all start uh, you know pointing fingers at each other. You know, basically. <laughs> About you were about to say it. they all start fingering each other, weren't you? <laughs> each other, uh, and, and and Tiber's like, "All right." Uh, the uh, no, but they, they all start pointing fingers at each other, being like, "Well, you should ask him how many people he's killed. Well, yeah, you should ask yeah. him about the time that he didn't wait for somebody to die before he ate him." Yeah. You know, they're going back and forth. What's happening is there's this weird uh, creature from a realm, like an alien creature. Mm-hmm. They call them abhumans in this, like people yeah. who are not 
quite human, uh, named Kayatawa, who is, you know, you can talk to me like, oh, I'm looking at the murders. And she's like, well, we wouldn't consider them murders and stuff. Yeah. Uh, she's the one who did it. Yeah. Who, she, uh, yeah. She's also the only person who has talked about going to places. So you can go and like talk to a person and say, oh, I did see somebody weird that night. Yes. Like just up like out in the market. And it's like, oh yeah, everybody is trying to blame each other, but like this person has no reason to lie about you. So yeah. Yeah. Uh so when you when you accuse her, she flees. Yeah. Uh we'll run into her later. Yep. Um another foreman who's here, all the foremen are kind of they cannot can no longer move around, another one of these robot guys, yeah. uh, has been trying to make children, um, trying to transfer his life force into tiny adorable versions of the robots. <laughs> And uh, he is, um, and he asks for help, but he has a guy who works for him, a human, uh, named Tarnish who has been with him for 70 years and doesn't want him to die. Right. Uh, uh and so we can, uh, uh, you know, go to the order of truth and talk to them about like, Hey, you know, just, uh, uh, learn how we can help this creature reproduce, which necessarily involves it dying, or we can, uh, you know, work, work for Tarnish and convince him like hey you know like you're broken but this guy's mortal he probably only has like 10 years left can you not abandon him with no yeah, purpose please yeah the way you do this is by going to this guy named snurf uh <laughs> in the order of truth who i love who is another uh, alien guy basically uh-huh. who is studying reproductive processes yeah of, of different people and you can this game is full of these things yeah. i don't know what the name is for them but you can he'll tell you one and you can be like tell me another one uh-huh and there's just this bank uh like a database of little stories that will tell you yep um and this way you can be like tell me another interesting way that people reproduce yep. and it's just like what if you got a game jam together but instead of a games you were just making funny alien ways to have sex yes like it's it's pretty fun uh, Snurf's real fun. If you have Rin with you, Rin will cover her ears and be like, again, reminding <laughs> me she's a child. Yeah. She's uh, like, which I, I love. At no point will I ever be old enough to hear what I just heard. <laughs> you know, and, you can go, and if you have Tiber with you, Tiber's like, hell yeah, dude. Like, just get me hot. And you're just talking about, the, you know, absolutely yeah. uh, bizarre seating yeah. rituals and shit. Well, 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 Snurf, outside of doing the, you know, like you're like, I have this weird name because you cannot, uh, uh, you know, just your language and your hearing can't pick up the, you know, the, 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 the vague notions that are conveyed by the full name. Mm-hmm. Uh, his backstory is really interesting and tragic. So the world that he comes from, they reproduce uh, by cutting off a part of their body. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to form the new the, the the new creature, and there's kind of a caste system. So if you uh, g- give up a leg, they end up being uh, being a soldier. If you give up give give up an arm, they end up being a laborer. And if you give up your head because of the sacrifice involved, they end up being leaders. Right? Like yes. that's how that's how the great men are born. Right? Uh, and though they have they have the technology to replace the limb that is given up. Uh, it is considered to be just a horrible taboo. Uh, it is a you know like oh you you have disowned your progeny uh, yeah. by undoing the sacrifice that made them. Uh, he was just going around uh, armless uh, in these ruins, and he found just an artifact. He found another Numenera that were just artificial arms that connected themselves to him by accident, and he was banished yep. for being a pervert. Like he, yeah. like he, he did this horrible thing that relates to the reproductive act for his society and he was cast out and he eventually found his way here. 
yeah, having stepchildren, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like in the, in this metaphor, having kids. Yeah. Um, I ended up uh, helping the foreman reproduce. I okay. think the reason why, and again, I don't know if this was a, a die roll or something, but when you're talking to um, the guy who wants him to live, when you're talking to Tarnish, there's like a per- parenthetical like perception. There's a hard edge to his voice when he says this or like something yeah, yeah. that made me think that he was, you know, untoward. Uh-huh. And I was like, who am I to stop this guy from breeding? He really wants to. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you make him have all these kids. Uh, it's pretty wild. You can uh, it makes tons of little kids. Uh <laughs> And they kind of wander off on their own. Um, Tarnish will not take care of them. You can try to convince Tarnish to like <laughs> be their dad. And he's like, fuck them shits. Uh, one of them is, is a cipher you can mm-hmm. have, or two of them are ciphers you can, you can pick up. And then one of them is stillborn, which is an oddity. Hmm. Uh, like stillborn child. I think it's just called the stillborn child. And it's a little toy robot. Huh? Um, yeah. Neat stuff. If, There's also uh, just in terms of uh, each of these areas, I want to just say the the cool shit that happens. It's not related to a quest. Yes. Uh, there is a guy who is selling uh, food and the way he's doing it is he found uh, these like, like a fin of a creature that always grows more creature back. No how often <laughs> you eat it. So he just has three vats of ever growing meat. <sighs> like imagine like a regenerating Euro tube. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's like he's like the diner owner in uh in eleven twenty three sixty uh or eleven twenty two sixty three. I'm just oh I've been I've been selling the same like five pounds of hamburger every day because I go back to this time loop. <laughs> yep, it uh, very very similar. Uh, fucking scary and gross. Yeah. Uh, the uh, but just you know a really cool, very cool idea. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Yep. Uh. So another place we've already been uh, for the main mm-hmm. quest is this uh, the, the the cliff's edge, which is not just a place where you can go and pay a lot really high insurance <laughs> rates. Yeah, uh, or, yeah, you know, or so, a place oh, where you can watch the, the uh, cast members from Cheers almost come to orgasm. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, 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 AKA it, it Norm's exhibits. Junction. <laughs> 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 oh man just a uh, cliff Cleveland does not have the discipline to edge please. you don't think so yeah you listen to the guy his life's a fucking I, wreck dude i i could see uh putting him in some kind of torture orgasm chair where i force him to edge <laughs> until i milk him good well you can um, i mean you can do that to anybody it's not just cliff <laughs> how do you figure <laughs> I don't know. I'm just playing in the space with you. Come on. No, I know. I just, I, there's something specifically about them Clavens. Um, Ratzenberger. Oh, man. Uh, spe- speaking of somebody uh, exuberant with unearned confidence, uh, when you walk mm-hmm. in here right away, uh, you uh, will run, run into this person who has a glow about him, literally. Uh, yes. There is this very foolish man named Eridus who just, just compulsively stole an airship because he thought it would be a cool thing to do. And he crashed it into the cliffs. Yep. Uh, you can be, uh, you can come to this from a different, these, each of these areas from different ways. So yeah. I came looking for this guy. Cause I had met the guy who airship. He stole the airship from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you talk to him, he's like, you, how do you survive? And he's like backflips. You know, I did it. It's all <laughs> kind of like little monkey random. Right. Yes. Um, Which initially turned me off of taking this guy. Yes. The, this is, there's a subversion here. It takes a minute to get there. He yes. comes off like Minsk. 
uh, yeah, and Baldur's yeah. Gate 2. Uh, but there's a there's a concept to him. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. You're if you are just did the uh, the fallen I, I, heroes. I've gotten the glimpse at the uh, at the core of an Eridus. Yeah. Uh, we will talk about Eritus in full mm-hmm. uh, next episode. Uh, it's one of my favorite stories in the game. His second yeah. second best companion here. Um, mechanically, he's really useful because he's the only glaive you can get. Like you, yeah. you can only get one fighter and it's him. Yes. Um, and he's really good. He gives you good passive bonuses. He's mm-hmm. really good with heavy weapons. Uh, you don't do that much combat in this, but he will make the combat that you, he's kind of like a TG Sid yeah. for the combat you're going to do. Like he makes it much easier when you have yes. to do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's got a little uh, very courtly crush on Matt Kina, who is not into it. I, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> and yeah, Matt is not going to have it. The, uh, yeah. Him and Rin have a really cute relationship. Yep. <laughs> uh, together. Uh, him and uh, Calistige can barely contain her repulsion at yeah. this dork. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, good, good dynamics. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I just have to assure everybody that he's cool. Yeah, uh, it, it you know he hides under under a bushel, but he's real neat. Yeah, he's the character who if 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 somebody in a tabletop group started doing this, like you would probably start another <laughs> group and then not invite him. Yeah, yeah, like it, it'd be <laughs> awful. And even you'd have to say like, "Hey, man, uh, there's a concept. I promise. Like, I'm going somewhere with this. It's just going to take a while, uh, yeah. and that's uh, that's tricky." Yeah. So, um. Flood Simulacrum is another quest here. This is really cool. Uh, there's this man named Finzen, and there's a Levy in town that's talking to him. Uh, levies are cops in this world. Mm-hmm. The way that levies work is the uh, changing god built a machine and gave it to the Order of Truth. This is how they, they do law here. As opposed to everyone being conscripted for a certain mm-hmm. amount of time, like you have to for citizenship, you go into the machine, it just sucks a year off your life. Yep, at random. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, lo- you lose a year. Uh, uh-huh. you don't get to live that year. You don't know it. You don't know what would happen, anything. Um, and that creates, uh, these simulacra that walk around and enforce the laws. Mm-hmm. And they live uh, for one year. <laughs> they will live for one year. They're really happy. Like they, you know, they're kind of mindless, you know, head empty neutral parties. Uh-huh. This one is following this guy. And when you go and talk to the levy, he's really troubled. He's like, I can't help you. I'm sorry. Like I, Go find another levy. You know, he's having a really hard time. What you find out is that it took a bad year from Finzen. Yeah. Uh, it took a year where Finzen would have, had he killed, uh, died in a fire and killed a lot of people in a fire. Yes. So the levy came out and because of a glitch in the system is when it should be neutral, you know, to this is mm-hmm. actually remembering this thing that would have happened. Yes. And- uh, and so you can say, like, hey, because you entertained taking that job, uh, you basically like cut causality as such that that was our that 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 was already sampled and taken and, and taken from you. And it has created this person who you think is trying to kill you. Uh, yes. And you have to talk him into at least I did this, had to talk him into giving up another year so that this levy could uh, get a fresh start. Right. Yep. Uh, and you, uh, you have cool- to convince him. He doesn't want to do it. He's like, fuck, they're levies. They're you know, robot cops. Yeah. Like I don't give a shit about that. And you can be like, this is like undeniably your responsibility. This yes. dovetails really well with the themes uh-huh. you know, of the game. Like this is, he's created a cast off. Yeah. Essentially. And you arguing it to him that it's his duty. Yeah. You know? Uh, 
and it could be like it could be a problem for the town something that's really neat if you go and learn about the levies from the you know the 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 cop central up there by the clerk uh you find out uh that every levy carries this talisman of the year that uh made that right mm-hmm. uh so and you, you can notice uh when you're talking to finzen's levy uh that he is holding this uh, it's like a it's a little like wooden statue of a bird that is charred Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and if the year that was taken from them is bad enough, they will slowly become a mon- monstrous version of the um of the, of the talisman that they carry. So eventually, if Finzen doesn't 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 take this, this guy would turn into you know a horrible fire you know, smoke bird, you know, ashen yeah. bird, and start killing people. Yeah. It's Love a cool it. quest. Again, it's just so good. Perfect little idea. Like the, the individual writing in it isn't my favorite thing in the world. It's just the mm-hmm. perfect premise. Uh, another quest here. Uh, there is uh, somebody hanging out outside of this collapsed house that we might have talked to when we did the main quest there. Um, and uh, uh, we can uh, talk to this woman who's nearby, this uh, uh, kind of a midwife named Mother Tamaz. Uh, she knows. Mm-hmm. She knows that I'm a cast off and knows that I was the uh, the falling star and says, hey, um, if you help out, you know, this person that I birthed a while ago who is at this kind of crossroads having trouble picking what to do uh, in life, she will restore my call, uh, this protective uh, kind of thing that burned up when we were born from the sky. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's this mutant. Uh, mutants are these ab humans. They're exactly what they sound like mm-hmm. um, from the underbelly. Uh, and he wants to use his money to remake his appearance. Uh, there's a surgery center uh, on the cliff's edge. He wants, he's been saving up and he wants to look like a normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can convince him instead to spend it on education at the order of truth, mm-hmm. uh, which he will go there and he will uh, thrive. Yeah. Yeah. I say good. like, Hey, looks are going to fade. Knowledge is forever. Go to college. Yeah. Yeah, go to college, little man. Plastics. Um, he does it. Uh, there's a man named Lord Vuntgen, um, <laughs> who uh, is he's not trying to calm a crowd; he's trying to incite the crowd. Uh, okay, yeah. because he uh, there's a stitcher that went rogue. Um, oh, so yeah, this is interesting. I, I think that uh, you got some details wrong. Okay. Uh, here. Um, so this has nothing to do with the, the deal that you made. Okay. This guy's here at first. A Stitcher has been outcast. He, okay. Um, so he, he references when I'm, t- when I'm talking to him, he says, Oh, one of your beloved Stitcher heard about this deal. Like, Oh, they're not so great. There's this rogue Stitcher going around making problems. So that's this, the reference to the deal. Yeah. yeah. Vundigan knows about the deal, but yes. the, uh, this, has, this guy was here before that. Um, there's a stitcher out by the cliff that local orphans are, uh, sheltering. The stitcher has <laughs> fucked up. They've got an ET. Yeah, they got an ET and they don't kill it with hammers. Uh, <laughs> he's got fucked up hands and the stitcher are like, you know, if you can't dig, you're no good to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kick him out. If you have the stitcher language, you go check in with him and he explains like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm basically mm-hmm. no good, uh, but I'm not the person who's doing this. It turns out, uh, that Vuntgen uh pulled this guy up this uh the sitcha brought oh. him up here he had been taken out but vunkin put him up here to try to incite the crowd to 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 go to go on a sitcha he was he was doing shock doctrine he was like oh yes. yeah let's let, let's create this problem so we can go hunt these things i don't like yeah there and we well go. and just so they would have something to blame it on yeah. like you know it's undeniable that thing you know that the town is falling into a cliff uh-huh. uh here 
the people are mad, let's give them an outlet for their anger. Yeah. Okay. There. Yeah. Uh, so you can instead uh, convince the Stitcher uh, in the underbelly to take him back mm-hmm. um, at this point. And then you can go to the Vundkin and be like, yeah, the Stitch is gone. You'll never get him, fucker. You can also <laughs> kill the Stitcher for him if you want. If you want uh, to. Which helps another quest. In front of the, in front of the kids. Yeah. yeah. Like, here's your ET. Uh-huh. Um, he's one of the, the heads of a, a slave family. Yes. Or the slave families, which are not slaves. They're mm-hmm. families of slaves who were uh, did an uprising and became, like, the controlling political power. Yeah. They're around at the founding. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Vundkin's a real dick. Oh, yeah. Uh, here. I couldn't get it to work in my memory. I had a, a memory of helping out the uh, outcast Stitcher in the underbelly okay. and giving him prosthetic hands. <laughs> uh, I do could not do that this time. I couldn't get the option. I, I oh. remember doing the foreman doing it. Yeah. But, uh, and him being reintegrated. Because when he goes down there, it's it's unresolved. It's no longer a quest. He's just hanging he's just, out there. Yeah. Well, he's like subsisting on scraps and they all treat him like shit. Uh-huh. It, it's it's a worse ending for him than living with his like little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, those kids eventually you go back there, and one of the kids they live in this house. They only go in it to change their clothes because it's so teetering on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of them was in there to change her clothes, and she died. She mm-hmm. fell down. Um, their father is gone. He's in in the bloom. Uh, mm-hmm. We're we're gonna learn about that later, and he has seemingly abandoned them. them. Yeah. You can take the remaining kid and convince him to go through the gate of empty time mm. and get adopted. Uh, but then later you can find the dad. Uh, it's not the dad's <laughs> fault that he's gone and you can send the dad back and you can be like, yeah, sorry, I sent your kid to get adopted through the future portal. <laughs> like while you while you're held up through no fault of your own. Um, it's a pretty sad story. Uh, yeah. You're a dad. You're a Civil War buff, right? Well, yeah. this will be exciting to you. Yeah. Guess what? Here's some kids fighting in. Hey, hey, uh, you know, to make it up for you, here's a coupon to an air and space museum. Uh, dad, the um, he uh, the kid has a good ending though. When you send yes. him to the uh, the forgotten time, he goes into the past, and you can check in with the Hall of Records guy and learn oh. that he like lived a life oh, in good. the past. Uh, yeah. Just cool, cool shit. Again, cool sci fi shit. <laughs> um also cool sci-fi sh- shit uh the uh, uh clinic that uh the kid in wayward son was going to go to um uh you I can go this. you can go there like. this uh they call it a church a chirurgical parlor uh and he's like i mean it's 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 a street it's a street dock straight out of shadow run like it's, <laughs> it's a street dock but he's cursed to tell the truth yep <laughs> Uh, which I really love. So <laughs> you can be like, yeah, this is called the, uh, the endless darkness. Yeah. It, it is going to fucking hurt. Most people <laughs> scream and beg for death when they come here. Yep. Um, you want to do it? <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, the, you, you know, the, 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 this one, like he, t- he tells you in gory detail, everything he's going to do. Like, yeah, no, the drone removes to the top of your head and then replaces part of your brain with this. And then maybe the drone gets your head back on. If you yeah, want. It's going to yeah. suck. It might yeah. work and it's going to suck and it costs a hundred, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you want all these, you'll get enough money in the, this opening act to get them all and they're all good. Oh, oh and I, know, I didn't, them. I, I only took the eye. Uh, oh. I, I mean, because it's, uh, because it, it was the one that seemed like it gave the most advantage for the least downside. Uh, yeah, I, I, I passed up on the, uh, the, the drone surgeries. The, yeah. uh, I think there's like six of them. And they're all just passive benefits uh, or active abilities you can get, and they don't take permanent um, 
downsides like it implies they do they just they do damage to you right uh which you then just heal okay. um, and damage won't kill you but uh yeah. generally the, these are pretty good um mm-hmm. the eyes are good but other ones are good as well yeah and also i wanted to take the eye as the uh the straight up callback to uh torment. yeah Thanks, yeah. yeah my favorite of these is the encroaching darkness which just lets you heal yourself <laughs> what uh, once a day but it's called the encroaching <laughs> darkness that's so good <laughs> yeah it's very cute <laughs> um, uh there's a bar uh in the yep. cliffside called the fifth eye you walk in and everything gets a little uh, uh like wavy because yep. like they, they they establish this place because the patrons here are these old retired psychics uh yeah. it's kind of it's kind of a vfa for psychics who fought in the end or uh, who, who fought in battles around this place yeah. yeah, specifically not the endless battle, which we haven't really yes. heard of yet. But in terms of sweaty ways that Tides of Numenera <laughs> just like straight up just takes things from Planescape Torment, uh-huh. the endless battle's really up there. Yeah. Um. The uh. This and this is also a Planescape Torment thing. This is the yes. Burning Man or the Burning mm-hmm. Corpse Bar, Smoldering Corpse Bar, basically. Yeah. Um. There is a ghostly woman here at the bar we talked to her she very furiously this there's reasons for all this stuff and it's all stuff that will be revealed in the end game mm-hmm. uh this story ends up being secretly very important oh wow. um yeah uh she rips your throat out uh and sends you to this uh kind of labyrinth mindscape version of the cast-offs lab that went to the buried crossroads um the woman there explains that she shouldn't exist uh it feels like memories are being forced into her being We've talked to some other women throughout the city who have also seemed like they were being possessed and overridden yes. um, by by women. Um, we we check over, you know, talk to these people. One woman avoided it uh, mm-hmm. by getting rid of years. Like she kept using the uh, levy machine. Uh-huh. <laughs> like she looks like she's 40, but she's 20. Yep. Uh, because she had to skip the year where this happened to her. That is such a good idea. That's I love so it. goddamn cool. I, I just, <laughs> it's, it's the thing that like, uh-huh. you know, the, the magic of Tides of Numenera is like, that's such a good idea. Yeah. Just um, like, okay. Like, like where, where these two things collide, we have the levy system and we have this horrible sickness that is, a, that is afflicting young women. How would these interact with each other? Well, yes. somebody, somebody might see it as a worthwhile you know, like I, I, I will advance my age. I will give up that time if it means that I can live, ironically, live longer. That's yeah. So I mean, imagine skipping your worst year. Uh huh. You know, like you, you have to kind of guess whether it's going to happen there. But like, if that just didn't happen to you, uh huh. You know that that's fucking crazy. Like that that good good Grant Morrison heady shit. You know it. that that elevated, like CRPGs do. Uh-huh. You know your torments or your disco elysiums or this like it's why i love the genre yeah you know it, it's uh it's i mean i'm not i'm not saying this to specifically fighter pokemons but i compare no, no, this just idea a v- VL- with VLR. 999 yeah, yeah 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 like that also wants to have cool concepts mm-hmm. right like 999 wants to have cool concepts uh, and there's no and goddamn comparison though to me like of <laughs> right. a character they're explaining kurt vonnegut's ice nine to another mm-hmm. character that was just another sci-fi writer mm-hmm. just came up with them they're just repeating it yep. there's no twist on it there's no commentary on it it's not candid anyway it's just mm-hmm. the trope presented yeah you know uh it is so if you ever wanted to like highlight why and i'm not there's no uh, gamer superiority or anything going on but why i personally prefer a crpg approach 
yeah. these kind of sci-fi concepts to a visual novel approach, this is the difference, like yeah. crystallized. And I, you know, and I, you know, and I'm, I'm here like in both, you know, yeah. it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily need to be a choice, but the differences can, you know, can, can be stark, you know, like, yeah. especially when we're going in depth on, on this one, which, you know, has that, uh, you know, ha- has the, uh, the, the variety sampler pack kind of version yes. of this. Yeah. By, by no means is this a perfect game, nor does it execute on any these ideas perfectly or to completion. Mm-hmm. I just think that like somewhere my threshold for the int- my interest in those ideas is somewhere between where nine 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 does it and this does it. Yeah, like the minimum amount of execution and interest is higher than nine 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 and lower than this. So this passes the bar for me. Well, you said something unflattering about a game I like. So this is the last episode of the show. Damn. Well, uh, a lot of pre- Patreon refunds for the first half of 2023. I'm just using it as an example of a game no, that does sci-fi stuff that I know. Uh, yeah. Substitute anything in that you don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. that also plays fascinated with sci-fi concepts, but doesn't do it as well as this cool idea. I I, I also am so not taking it personally. Yeah. So. No, I, I didn't yeah. think so. I just, yeah. sometimes I get self-conscious about using the same whipping boys over and over when like... Mm-hmm other things would serve as an example and you, you just get for me i get habituated in using a thing as an example yeah yeah. you know like kojima is not the only person who does kojima shit mm-hmm. it's just very easy for me to bring up kojima for kojima shit well because we i mean we've played 999 we've played a bunch of yeah. kojima shit like yeah. i mean the, the, this is this is less like you saying like oh this is the worst example and it's just we the comparisons we make i think primarily because most of the game playing we do is for the show is we're referencing back to another show or like we're, it, we're referencing back to another episode we've done it's yeah. also a thing where i remind myself that we do this for an audience we're not just talking and that audience could conceivably be familiar with 999 because there's an episode about it yeah, well, you I mean, know, so it's, it, it's, it's within it, the canon of our game discussions. I mean, and also it, it acts like marketing for the past catalog <laughs> for yeah, that, in a weird true. way. Just like, yeah. oh, yeah, we did, we did an episode about this. If if our, you know, disdain for this confuses you or if you want to have the uh, comparison uh, kind of elucidated, you can go back and listen to that. It's it's yeah. there for you. It is waiting. And pe- there are people for whom that approach works a lot better. Yes. You know, uh, and that's fine. Like it, mm-hmm. it's just a different, different strokes thing for me. Yeah. This is such a cool heady concept. I, you know, a sci-fi concept that it just mm-hmm. charges my, like that's fucking oh, yeah. badass. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. Um, I, with the, with this quest, when you return, uh, to the, this person, you, after you've checked these different people, you return to the daughter's fathom in your brain. Um, you see flashbacks explaining that this young woman died during the siege on Sackus Cliffs and her father used the changing God's probability machines to try to bring forth reincarnations of her to try to mm-hmm. bring her into the future by forcing her into personalities uh, that already exist mm-hmm. uh, to overpower his force to turn them, learn how to turn the machine off, which you turn off in real life. Yes. Uh, this is important to the end game. Good so. to know. Yeah, <laughs> I figured, you know, quantum shit is uh, factoring in heavily. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, to know that it has more than just thematic resonance, I will uh, keep that bookmark in my mind. Yeah, you're you're not as far away from it as it may seem like you're in the second major hub. And after that, it's absolute greased rail. OK, cool. So, yeah. And and also the second major hub is better than this. Like I like I like Sagas Cliffs a lot. The Bloom is incredible. The Bloom is oh, such a cool I've- idea. Yeah. Everything I've heard about it is so good. Yeah. Yeah. The bloom is very cool. Yeah. Um, 
The next quest uh, that we can find here in the bar is the Eyes of the Adversary. Yeah. Uh, there's this guy is kind of the leader of this veteran crew that's around called Dama of the Bloom. Uh, you know, veteran from this old psychic war. Uh, I, I love this whole crew. <laughs> like, no, they're really great. Did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, the primary thing that this crew did um, was uh, they hunted down these things called adversaries, uh, which are forces, uh, you know, not quite spirits. They come from somewhere else. And, you know, there's the there, there's the fear they express, which is that like, oh, we're killing these things, but they could just be smaller appendages of something big and we're just pissing it off enough to come and, you know, find us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, g- yeah. g- kind of deal. He talks to us because he get he gets a glimpse at our labyrinth, uh, and like he says, like, oh, can I take a look? And you can just show him. He just touches yeah. you and looks into it and says, oh, I've not seen anything like this before. This is crazy. Uh, you might be able to help us. Yep. Uh, there's one last nightmare. It's somewhere around here, but we can't see it. Yeah. You know. Um. So you go. You go to the bar. You get a bunch of fantasy drinks you can drink. One of which mm-hmm. is called the Black Icor. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if you choose to drink the black icor, you can see this spirit. It becomes available to you uh, called malaise. Um, and you can talk to it, the malaise. There's a couple different ways you can deal with this, uh, mm-hmm. this quest. Um, you can talk to the malaise and you can solo it. Um, you can convince it, like, you know, battle it in dialogue mm-hmm. uh, to kill it. You can also uh, let the psychic crew fight mm-hmm. it, uh, which they the main one will die. Dama will die, or you can go help them and yes. you go into the brain realm and fight them with all these warriors. Uh, mechanically, this is a cool fight because uh, the warriors are really powerful allies, but they like unfreeze the, on a clock. Yeah, they uh, they, like, they they start out kind of held in paralysis by it. So you have your party and it's like every two turns, one of them becomes active and you're fighting yeah. uh, kind of like uh, copies of this. thing. There's a bunch of these malaise guys around. Yep. Uh, there are multiple different ways you can you can take it out. Uh, the way you want to do is take it out and have Dama survive. Yes. You get something if he if he dies, but uh, you know that's the the quote unquote bad ending. Yeah, yeah, this thing. Regardless of which, you rid uh, the world of this final adversary, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, the final quest in the bar is one that I don't feel great about doing. <laughs> the uh, especially knowing what you know. Yes. Uh, here, um, there's a, a woman named Clarion who's there who's recruiting for the endless battle. The endless battle uh, mm-hmm. in this, it's not the blood war. Don't nope. get it twisted. Uh, it's the the changing gods, uh, people who are loyal to the changing god, fighting against people who are loyal to his first cast off. Who is deceased, but they, you know, continue. Their leader is always named after the first cast off. Yes. Uh, one of the biggest failures to me in Tides of Numenera is the endless battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the blood war felt like, because um, demons were doing it. Like it was, it was this endless it thing. Was it was literally, it was literally hell. Like it, it was yes. the place where you went. It was like if you were a bad person, you got sent to the blood war. If you didn't believe in anything, you were sent to the wall. Yeah, <laughs> or you could you could sell your soul to go yes. to the blood war. You could say, "Hey, I'll sign up for the blood war in exchange for riches in this life." Yes, you know it. It mapped onto things. The endless battle is just people being fucking idiots. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just killing each other and grinding up mortals to to do it. You know, and kill it, you know, for no reason. Like, it's not all cast offs versus cast offs. Right. Then it would be a literal endless battle because there would be, uh, they would all no attrition. Yeah. There'd be no attrition. But people get recruited into it, mm-hmm. um, like you do here for this, uh, for this <laughs> monster lady. Um, 
it just ends up feeling arbitrary and dumb. It's like war to no ideological end. Right. It's, it's a huge place where the game is echoing Planescape torment and missing what purpose a narrative construct had in Planescape torment. Yeah. Um, and it never gets better. Uh, you, you learn more about the endless battle. It becomes, it's a plot point. We end up going Mm -hmm. to that sanctuary. Uh, we learn a little bit more. We meet people from it. They all seem like idiots who are just throwing away their lives for no reason. Yeah. Like it, it sucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really hate the endless battle. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I, I understand why Makina chose the path that she did. Just not associating with, associating with any of these assholes. Yeah. Fuck (laughs) this shit. Like they're just stupid, you know, I don't know. Uh, but you do this for, for reward for one fourth of a level. <laughs> yeah. Um, the psychic crew is fun. Uh, cause there's a, a couple of different, uh, people here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is this guy who talks about how we took this thing called the words of craw, uh, this crazy meme, uh, that destroyed a civilization. This it's idea. Inv- yeah. An it's invasive it's idea. an invasive thought. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he's barely holding on to it while he lives. Uh, you can say, Hey, I got room in my mind labyrinth. I can take mm-hmm. it. Uh, it's real cool. Uh, if you do this, um, you now have access to this and every once in a while later in the game, it'll be like, unleash the words of craw on him. <laughs> and it's just this awesome, like verbal nuke you can do, uh, whatever you want. I really love it. It's super useful against the, um, the adversary. If you do this before you fight, uh, malaise. Okay. You can unleash the words of Kra on Malaise, and it makes the um, talking into non-existence a lot easier. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. No, I just I decided to take it and be a good steward. I don't know that I will unleash the words of Kra. Like, it it, oh, you, it, obli- it obliterated a continent. We all say that. <laughs> like, until you have that power in your hands, man. Well, when the rubber hits the road. Yeah, we're all unleashing words of Kra in our own way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man but you can convince him <laughs> basically he hands over the words of craw and it's like hey you want to go fight the endless battle no well i have the words of craw now so you better go <laughs> yeah it's time buddy <laughs> uh you convince them one of them uh this machine mind lady uh doesn't want to leave she asked you uh to play a little game with her and guess which of the people there was, is a psychic projection mm-hmm. and they give you little hints and stuff it turns out it's the bartender yeah who is a, a fallen member of their squad who yeah. they're kind of keeping their, his memory alive in the psychic bar. Mm-hmm. And Very I cool. figured it out cause he's glitching. Yeah. Yeah. He's glitching. He also doesn't, uh, one of them says to concentrate on physicality. Right. Uh, you can do. And when he, uh, when you tell him to do this, he does like a, he does a dodge. Yeah. Like he says something that would not involve his body. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> you cannot convince him because he's a construct. And uh, you cannot convince her. Uh, she has a machine mind. We do run into the little silver cast off guys who mm-hmm. want to know about all the machine minds. Yeah. So you can narc on her for uh, for treasures. We use one of their harvested eyes to get into a get into a dungeon. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, the Order of Truth up in Government Square, Order of Truth and Government Square area has mm-hmm. uh, some quests in it as well. Um, there is, uh, this fountain in the middle with these strange fish that are in there. You can grab one of the fish and sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this area called the red thicket, which is a Numenera, um, where no one can hear you unless you're talking directly to them. And people the, do like shadow runs there do meets. Yeah. Yeah. It's for government intrigue and stuff. It's, it's, it's a building size cone of silence. Yes. Yeah. In there, uh, that's where you run into the secret keeper. 
mm-hmm. uh, lady who's really great. Um, she is, uh, she's an information broker mm-hmm. and you can trade secrets with her. She doesn't take money. Um, you can use her for quests. Like there are quests where you can, there are multiple ways to find out the answer, but you can also ask her, but giving up secrets, uh, has consequences. Hmm. So like you can tell her that that family in the first area adopted a fake kid. They're mm-hmm. trying to keep it secret and that will fuck it up. Like the, the kid will find out and yeah. be upset. Um, you can tell uh, her that the slaver is a cast off mm-hmm. and that's a secret. But if you do that, that information doesn't have value and you can't trade that to the cult of the changing God to join them. Mm-hmm. And if you join the cult of the changing God, you can sleep there for free and you get a discount. Yeah. So the best they, they reason to join those, a cult. Absolutely. Like free bed. Yeah. Hey, free eats. Slop. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you can also just be like, tell me something interesting, mm-hmm. you know, and you get these like cool little gossips that may or may not lead to adventure hooks, you know, kind, oh. of, kind of quest hooks and stuff. Hmm. Um, places to go check out. Gotcha. You know, that, that we've probably already done because we're completionists. But mm-hmm. if you want a direction. It yeah. functions as such too. Uh, really cool NPC. I, I didn't give her any secrets because the secrets that I that I just the consequences were too apparent if I if I if I gave it up. So it was like I didn't really engage with her because of that. Well, but one of the other things is it feels like the consequences might last longer because it feels like you might come back here or something. True. Once you yeah. know that all this stuff just disappears, which <laughs> the, the game doesn't really signal, uh, you you know I could see being more free with it. Mm-hmm. Like none of the stuff really matters. It's a weird linear game yeah. uh, without lasting look geographical consequences. Right. Yeah. No. Um, you go into the order and uh, this is a non quest, but this ends up being kind of an important person. Oh, th- this is man. Yeah. Tell me because there, there is a quest to this. We'll, we'll talk about it. There's a, there's a thing that you missed here. It's okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, it's this acolyte named Lan Yuring. Uh, who is trying to become a priest? He's trying to join the uh, join the order, uh, primarily so he can, he can get funding. But to join, mm-hmm. you need to make this discovery, um, yep. and you know he's too busy trying to make this impossible machine because uh, he doesn't have the chops. And I'm like, I'll throw you something. Uh, so I ended up telling you about the probability machine that I found beneath the city, and that's you know it's a big deal because this plague of young women being stricken and possessed is like a known thing. It's like a known problem in Sega's cliffs. So like, you know, it's kind of a big deal. It's a big enough one for him to be, to be made a priest. Uh, and, uh, he gives me, uh, one of his inventions, uh, this machine that, uh, that attempts to understand, uh, Numenera. Uh, and I give it to Rin and she, uh, decides to call it the God of small devices. Yeah. Very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy is a spy he for is. the organized crime for the Memoriva. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk to, uh, the main guy here in the order and they'll say, you know, he suspects there's a spy. Mm-hmm. Um, the way you find out he is a spy is either the secret broker will tell you, mm-hmm. or I think that the, so uh, I did get this. It's, uh, okay. it's related to, uh, to Coro. Um, uh, when you do the anechoic Lazarette, uh, quest yes. here, I did get this. I ended up, uh, you know, when I learned the secret, I ended up, uh, convincing the main guy, Hey, keep him around so you can feed him. Like it's useful. Like I know you feel yes. betrayed. 
uh you know he says that he only like worked with them to get funding when you wouldn't give it to him so he's probably isn't like ideological about this you 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 know it is he is more valuable as a double agent than he is dead gotcha uh, i i did that as well i just didn't let him become a priest because he's, he's working for the crime right place. I I, gotcha, I had already gotcha. made him a priest when I learned that he was a spy. Gotcha. I I find I found out he was a crime boy. It's it's mm. so interesting the way since he's quest interconnect, like yeah. I generally went clockwise and then went <laughs> underground last. Oh, I went underground which, first and I went clock yeah. I went counterclockwise. <laughs> so you had the thing that would make him a priest uh-huh. because you went underground first. Yep. There's no nothing that signals to you this other than doing the main quest personal heuristics yeah yeah just personal heuristics like i wanted to do side stuff before i follow the main quest Mm -hmm. so the uh and it has huge impacts on like how things work out yeah you know because when i talked to this guy i didn't have a thing i could offer him so Mm -hmm. by the time i had i had the thing i could offer him i already found out he was a near-to-well oh yeah you know so it's like it's interesting right like Mm -hmm. the order in which information is revealed to you matters a lot yeah 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 I mean, I just uh, be, because I did one quest and got that city official on my side, like I ended up being able to call in a favor that, uh, you know, resolve the airship thing. Right. Yeah. 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 Where I had to go. Uh, well, yeah, I did that as well. Like yeah. resolve the, the airship thing uh, with a city official. But it wasn't the um, I think you can do that with the guy who uh, brought the stitcher up. Yeah. You can do that with Lord Brun- Brunken or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's another yeah. one you can do it with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's when you, uh, I think it's related to the red circle quest, gotcha. but you can, I, I just got there and they're like, Hey, this guy vouches for me. And he's like, Oh, cool. Yep. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Again, multiple, multiple ways to, to do this, respecting, you know, how you want to express yourself. Love it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there is this person, uh, on the left side of the building named, uh, Salamary. Uh, mm-hmm. who is she was the aeon the the priest who sent Koro out uh to find me in the reef remember that encounter way back when uh you know kind of the uh, uh scavenger guy and uh mm-hmm. you know you talk to her he says like hey uh i'm you know you can say i'm looking for somebody to help me fix this machine and she says oh i can probably um help you with that if you do me this favor uh also out on the reef there is this building uh that we previously were not, were not able to get into called the anechoic lazarette um Mm -hmm. and she used to be able to come and go from it but it went on lockdown she went in there you know she went to the door wouldn't open up to her um and uh you know we need somebody to figure this out so she gives you the eye that can't open the door uh, and you go down there to try and make it safe to come and go again yes uh for me uh quarrel wanted to go as well uh so i let quarrel go Mm -hmm. um and quarrel got there and they he was fought off because the uh there are all these burdens upstairs that they managed to kill but when they went downstairs this ai called the peerless uh fought them back up i Um, i I didn't so basically i didn't convince uh convince salamary to send quora with me i just mm -hmm. uh told told uh salamary to not explicitly not send him uh, mm-hmm. as it is just like hey i don't want to work with this guy but like don't punish him or whatever uh that mean that meant that quaro showed up after me he didn't go ahead of me so i got to talk to the murden here these gotcha. uh the, <laughs> these filthy crow people who are uh impossible to be around because they constantly emit this psychic static yeah uh, I, I i love the way you do this because you can't communicate with them uh i just kind of discerned I, I kept on taking options to not talk 
mm-hmm. and then there was like a deception check, which is just stand off to the side and let them leave because I figured out that they were trapped in here. Oh, they, they, yeah, they, no. <laughs> they, they just they just wanted out. <laughs> they uh, these things are are very funny to me because they're the only creature in this game that they don't attempt to give any shade to. Yeah, like Murdens are just unpleasant monsters. Yep, they're evil every time they show up. Uh, <laughs> they're they're just horrible. Uh, nobody likes being around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can eventually uh, you get a thing called a tidal surge ability in this um Mm -hmm. which is kind of a cheat option that shows up in dialogue and you can use that against these things and knock them out um and and turn off their psychic blast their psychic Mm -hmm. field or whatever the since i had sent quarrel quarrel killed all these guys for me Um, he's like i'm not going downstairs there's there's ai's down there yeah um you head down there in this basement and there's a peerless here he says i get out of here and this causes a crisis um, you can either kill all the peerlesses or you can activate these terminals terminals, and reactivate the native intelligence of the Lazarette, uh, which you do primarily through sneaking. Yeah. Um, you know, I let Eritus be uh, he attracted the uh, the peerless mm-hmm. uh, and was defensive while everyone else went to stealth and went and turned on these things. Yeah. Uh, you get a reward if you leave all of these um, alive. It was a combat mm-hmm. thing, so I didn't. So I don't know what it is. But, uh, yeah. you know, figure might as well not destroy them. Uh, it's very funny. The original one is just like uh, he's tied up in one of the rooms, just kind of like hardwired into the system. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's talking a big game. You know, he thinks he's a god. And so I just passed a quick fingers check to turn him off. Mid-sentence. It's very funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, arrogant machine. Uh, mm-hmm. When I came back up, Coral was like, hey, give me some credit uh, yeah. for there. Uh, and he'll he'll help you. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Because he was like, to be fair, I killed the Murdens. And I was like, you mm-hmm. did kill the Murdens. Yeah. You know, he did help out. Uh, regardless of whether you you know, give him or how you give him credit, uh, he's the one who lets you know that Lanerig is the spy. Yes. And that goes into, uh, you can, they'll either excommunicate him or they'll, you can convince the the main guy, uh, Min, Min Ling. I believe his mm-hmm. name is, uh, to who is one of the high level Kickstarter backers, hmm. uh, who shows up on the opening title crawl of the, oh, yeah. of the game. Um, you can convince him like, Hey, feed him false information no. to the, the memo mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just like one little small area left, mm-hmm. uh, in the, this area called the, uh, caravan Sarai, uh, Could which it just be called a port. It's just a port. It's, it's a port. Uh, just uh, nouns. Um, this is this is where we have to go to leave. Uh, mm-hmm. Once we once we have all the uh, the information, we're not there yet. We yeah. will next episode. But this also has a couple side quests we're going to talk about before we close out. Yes, uh, there's this guy who's hailing people down. He calls you over because he you know senses that you are observant. He asks you, "Hey, uh, have you seen my partner? Have you seen this woman? She has purple hair." Um, her name is Persea, and uh, you might uh, recognize her because she has these um, uh, flying hair clips that are constantly reconfigure- reconfiguring her hair. Yeah, um, it, it's re- everyone in this world is an X Man. Yes. Like everybody does that. Everyone has a like. <laughs> oh, this this person has like a tiny little slugs crawling all over them all the time. This person has floating hands that you know <laughs> pull on their ears. Like it, it's all that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's not as uh, distinctive as he as he no, may think. Yeah, which, which yeah. person with the yeah. robot hair demons? 
Yeah. You you can ask about his um uh you're just like, okay, so what's what's the story here? And he says, Oh, we we both met at the same grave in the Valley of Dead Heroes. Um, you know, we fell in love and fell in love at first sight, but she has this condition. Sometimes she goes mad and she runs away. Uh, mm-hmm. and I need to find her and uh be basically be <laughs> basically like lull her. It's like, no, no, just you know, remind her who, of who she is. Right. Yep. Uh, and you find her hair clips in the inn nearby that Tranquility, who has the power to like hypnotize people and make yeah. them feel really relaxed and want to go to bed, uh-huh. like great power for an innkeeper. Uh, when you, if you talk to her first, uh, or you talk, you bring, you can bring the hair clips back to him. He's like, oh, she's at the inn. Figure out what Tranquility knows. She won't talk to me. Right. When you talk to Tranquility, he's like, yeah, he didn't meet her. He found her body and resurrected her and expects her to love him because he brought her back to life. Yeah. Even and though like, she that, didn't ask for that. Up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a couple different ways you can you can deal with this. Um, I asked Tranquility to put him in a trance. Hmm. Uh, and she said, and I'm like, how long can you do this? Long enough for him to get away, her to get away. And she says, I can do it forever. Hmm. So I left him stuck in a mind prison in a room in an inn for eternity. <laughs> uh, for being a gross dude. Yeah, that's probably the just way to do it. I didn't want to have her. I didn't want to make her complicit in uh, abusing her powers, you know, mm. in in any way. She didn't seem comfortable with that. Uh, so instead, I went to him and I convinced him like, hey, you're really making an ass of yourself. You're obviously a man of ability and distinction. Do you want people to think of you as that lovesick guy? Who wasted yeah. his life chasing somebody who didn't realize how good he was? Chasing He's like, you know what? Skirt. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh... so, I basically just got him to leave by convincing him to be an even worse version of himself. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, uh, to get transport out of the city, uh, there's Master Renio, who Eritus stole his airship mm-hmm. uh, and crashed it. And you either need to pay him off. Uh, give him Eritus or convince the city to take on the debt. Uh, and the way you make the city take on the debt is by getting uh, the favor of a uh, dignitary. So uh, Ply, the person who you helped with negotiate the Stitcher, I also believe that the uh, Von Gunt or whatever his name is will also mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's just you go talk to the clerk. There's not really a whole lot of quest to that. Uh, no, it's no. just you bring it back. Yeah. The, the, the quest is everything you did to get that favor. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and that is going to be it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Long episode. Uh, we're going to be back with uh, probably like ultimately a shorter episode. Um, mm-hmm. The Bloom has tons of stuff to talk about. But then after that, we're on a kind of a greased rail. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have thoughts about Torment, Tides of Numenera or about Shadowrun Hong Kong, um, you can write in by December the 15th. Uh, that is at duckfeed.tv slash contact. If you have thoughts about both games, please write in as separate responses. That does make my job possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are a non-straight, non-white, non-cis dude, and you want us to highlight your project on our show, we will do so. Send me an email at gary at duckfeed.tv. I have a special two for one. Mm. Uh, this episode because one of them uh, only half qualifies uh but i uh so my friend levi uh, started a okay. podcast with his partner who is a non-dude mm-hmm. uh jen who's also my friend but these are my friends so i want to disclose that i'm just mm-hmm. giving them a shout out uh they started a podcast called pod return to the waking sands which is a final fantasy 14 uh Ooh. lore and story uh, oh podcast. shit yeah. oh that's good yeah, yeah okay yeah. 
uh, the, the, uh, so yeah, so it's, uh, pod return FFXIV, you know, mm-hmm. FF15.podbean.com. You get it on Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, podcast ad, et cetera. Comes out once a week. Um, and it is a companion podcast. So it, it plays the game from the beginning, discussing the story as it unfolds and relates it, uh, not just as presented, but within the context yeah. of the world and its history. But- um, yeah. Bonfire side chat alumni uh doing a bonfire side chat for a game that people love. Yeah, and it's neat too. Uh yeah. the um Jen was into the game and got Levi into it. Levi, like all right thinking people, was incredibly <laughs> MMO resistant. Okay. Uh and managed to get sold on it. Nice. Um, the uh so again, only kind of half counselor remit, but it's a friend. So I wanted to mm-hmm. throw them some thunder. And then in terms of uh somebody I don't know, but who seems really cool, uh is Xavier. Uh, who does a blog um, called the Square the Square Tavern, which are articles and uh, blog topics on different video game related things, um, reviews on RPGs and such. Uh, this is at thesquaretavern.wordpress.com, and mm-hmm. uh, I've got several samples uh, here that I've seen, and it all looks like cool, good stuff. Nice. Uh, where I've kind of flipped through uh, a bunch of this, so recommended. That's uh, thesquaretavern.wordpress.com and uh, the uh, pod returns to the... Boy, I just pulled it down. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's not because I don't care about Levi. That's because I don't know about Final Fantasy XIV. But pod Pod returns returns to the Waking waking Sands. Yes. Um, Yeah, so check out those projects. And if you have another project uh, and fit those remits, uh, please, Gary at duckfeed.tv. Please do. Um... Yeah, so uh, if you're listening to this, there is still time before Duckstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is happening the weekend of December the 16th, uh, 48 hours uh, to stream in support of the Transactive Gender Project out of uh, Lewis and Clark College, provides education and resources for trans youth, their families, and their communities. Um, this is, uh, man, I really need to like actually find how many years we've done it. We've done it for a long time. The community has contributed so much money to this cause, which is more important than ever now. Um, yes. So consider tuning in. That'll be at twitch.tv slash TV. By the time you're hearing this, there'll be a landing page up, uh, but uh, it'll be real fun. Uh, Gary and the Portland crew are taking uh, nights and uh, me and my cadre are taking the days and uh, it'll mm-hmm. be a good time. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a blast. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, we'll see you then. Ratings, reviews, uh, joining us at patreon.com slash duckfeed TV. Uh, mm-hmm. This month, instead of a regular premium episode, we're doing a special on arcade games. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that'll only be for patrons. You also get all the other premium episodes and all future premium episodes. Yeah. Uh, we recommend it. I think there's a lot of value there. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we uh, didn't re- repeat which episode or what games we're doing in uh, January. Uh, oh, we yeah. are doing What Remains of Edith Finch, um, Heretic, and mm-hmm. Hades. Yes uh yeah a wide gamut of different game types there mm-hmm. yeah. uh and that's going to be it uh what should they watch out for until next time cole uh watch out for it appears to be a glass box but it is much more hardy than glass uh there is a frame with a lattice-like structure and a little um uh frowny face button and a smiley face button which button do you press umbasa umbasa mm-hmm.